Yo, homeboy! Welcome to the hood, brother! <laughs> Hulkamania running wild. All right. Fezzik is in the midst of, I mean, I'm not even sure how you can explain it. He is tied for third in the millions, and he's got one, or he's part of one of four surviving entries that survived up to this point in a $9 million contest. He's hot, and you know what? He's hot because he's got a fever. <laughs> he's got the flu, but we got his picks. But more importantly, with all his waking energy, he's focused on the NFL right now, obviously. So what are we going to do? We're going to give you a special offer that lets you get his NFL for a really discounted price. Now, first, let's tell you about the pro or the uh, coupon. Coupon is Dream24, D-R-E-A-M-2-4, Dream24. It gives you 24% off anything you want. All access, anything. Okay? So you can buy Fez for the year. You can buy AJ, who, oh, my God. I mean, he's here, but I'm going to talk low so he doesn't hear me. He's bragging this. I mean, it's like, I'm 13 or two. Why doesn't people pay attention to me like Fez? You didn't say that, but you were thinking it, right? I think it every day. <laughs> Maybe if you had flowing locks. I know. You walked That's in here like Ric Flair. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and just go, woo, occasionally. <laughs> woo. All right, see a little more of that. All right. Maybe say I'm the third best poker player ever. <laughs> Never chop. <laughs> Never chop. But anyway, AJ is pretty, he's 13 and two, last, all that stuff. You might want to buy him. You can choose. But there's one special package that I think is of note. You can get Fezzix, all his NFL from now through the Super Bowl. That includes. Massive number of props. He puts up like 20 props for the Super Bowl. He's got like a 65% record on him last three or four years. I mean, it's uh, just, again, it's a smorgasbord is how people say it back east, I think. Did ever, was it a buffet or a smorgasbord? Smorgasbord. Smorgasbord. Okay. <laughs> I, I used to like, though. Well, I still do. Who are we kidding? I, I was a type that liked off the beaten path, like Wendy's. Like, there'd be certain... Wen there was one KFC that had a, a buffet. Oh, I would kill that thing. I, Those I potatoes, pack the, it on. Uh, the the sit-down pizza Why is it hut? all about you? Oh, yeah. Where did you see that? I used to get that. I mean, it's been a long time since but they the, existed. But, but Really? They didn't have any the buffets either? Remember they had the uh, dessert pizza up yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a fan of the Viennese table. What's that? That's the dessert tray. But what does Viennese mean? I don't know. That's what it means. It's Is that dessert? Have you ever heard of that? Have you heard of that? That's, that's, that's way fancy. When you go to a banquet and they wheel that's out That's that New York talk. You've never gone to a banquet and they wheel out the, the table, the Viennese table, the table with all tray. the desserts all over it. What is, yeah. What is, <laughs> you want to hear what's funny? When I got married, it was like the lady, you know, it's like, okay, you're going to have, you know, we had it at the Four Seasons here, so it was a nice place. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, well, you were you were a speck of dust at that point, but I don't. Even, but but um, let's just say this: when it was the open bar, I said, "Is there a way to have wristbands that some people get all they want, but other people have to like pay after a certain?" And they said, "No," and I was like, "Oh." But then we ordered everything. Then at the end, I go, "You know, I see a spot like between this time and this time with no food." They're like, "Yeah." Let's do a dessert tray, I said at that point. And the lady goes, are you sure? 
And then it's like there wasn't one dessert left. It was like, yeah, I was right. My the gluttony of the oh, people yeah. I know. Speaking of gluttony, hmm. <laughs> if you want to win, no. All joking aside, Fez is as focused as he ever could be. He's got like a million dollars at stake. You can piggyback it for well, it's what one ninety five regular price. Is that right? One ninety nine. One ninety nine, and now with Dream Twenty Four. You could save 24%, which is about $50 discount, a little bit less, 48 something. I, I don't need to say anything. What, what, what do you want me to say? Uh, he's going to try really hard? Yeah, he is. Um, what do you want me to say? You want me to say um, he's really good? Yeah, he's the two-time Super Contest champ. He's the greatest contest player that's ever played sports betting contests. And you know what? That time he's putting into it, you get to benefit from all the way through the Super Bowl. And if you want to go even further with Fez, you can get next season and still get 24% off. That's true. You can get for the whole season. Oh, no, not next season. Next calendar year, yeah. even. The whole thing. So you don't have to. The, I think the easy decision is you want something with Fez. If you don't, yeah, use it on something else. Worst case, you can save 24% on his weekend picks this week. Yep. You can do whatever you want. But the best deal, well, the best deal is the whole calendar year. The next best deal for about 150, 151, whatever, is going to be the every NFL pick. There won't be an NFL pick until next August. You won't get from Fez for about 150 bucks. Dream 24. Any closing comments? Now, AJ, listen. If you can get through his bragging, it was a mighty good show coming up. Enjoy. Seventeen, the big preview show. I'm R.J. Bell. We've got the guy who is crushed. I mean, you know, he's saying things like, "I wonder if Fez is going to have money to pay me." <laughs> A.J. Hoffman, who is since you made a bet and Fez put the odds at uh, your over under from that point on. How many weeks ago was this? Three, this is three weeks ago. All right, so it's been fifteen picks since. Yeah. And the over-under was what? 53.5%. I think it was a little higher, but okay, let's say that. But it might have been 54.5%, something like that. And really all we have to do, well, I guess there can be pushes, so it can get, but we can think, all right, what are the various records it could be in? It would have been 25 games left, yeah. right? You know, 13 and 12. What was? I mean, I hope he at least looked at the 13 and 12 and made you lose on that one. Where's my calculator? <laughs> figure this out. 13 and 12 would be 52%. I don't think that's true, is it? Yeah. Let me see. Oh, wait. It's times four. Okay. four. That's pretty good. That's pretty. What, have you been figuring all this out? Uh, no. I, uh, you just did that in your head? Graduated top of my class in... Uh, <laughs> At radio school? <laughs> At radio school, yeah. That, that sounds right. Okay. So, but still, I'd like to get that count. No. Uh, <laughs> Not quite I, trusting I it. I wouldn't mind double checking. Let me see. Uh huh. Uh huh. Thirteen divided by twenty-five equals fifty-two point oh one percent. That's what? weird. You were close. <laughs> so he at least went over that. So you really had to win fourteen games to win. Yep. That actually was a pretty good line he put. He's always got to figure it out. Fourteen divided by twenty-five. So really, the difference between fifty-two point one and fifty-five point nine. Was only if you pushed, which again is very possible. possible. But anyway, none of that matters. Since then, thirteen and two. 
when I came in today, it was like, it seemed like AJ had something on his mind. Scott, you'll agree with this, I think. And then at one point, there was just a little pause in the conversation. And he just blurts out. He goes, you know, Fez ain't doing too well on that bat. <laughs> I think, like, were you calculating when to mention it? No. Just why I... You like to know information like that I do, before we start. I do. And since Fez wasn't here today. So Fez got the flu, and apparently he's saying he's sleeping 18 hours a day. Now, I believe it. I believe he's sick. And I can tell you, when you got a lot going on and he's got the millions, he's got, uh, which he's now, what, three and two? So he's like tied for third? Yep. Um, we, you know, again, it's we're talking each pick is $30,000 type kind of swings. You're trying to hedge some of that. And also, he's got, what, 11% and one of the— 14%. 14. How did he get up to 14? I, I, it was 14% last week. I don't know if it's changed uh, since then. Uh, no, but. no, no. I thought he said 11. All right, 14%. So that means— In one of the four remaining. Four remaining. All right. So Atlas, that that one Atlas site or whatever, did a, a projection based on who has what teams, and he's got that team. And w- what is the name of Jones or something? Jones is in the name of the team. Yeah. Um, th- that has that as the second favorite to win. So who knows about the chopping and all that? But you know what? We're gonna know because based upon and this is why you need to subscribe. If you're not subscribed, okay, stop right now. Hit pause. Go subscribe on your favorite platform, whatever, wherever you're listening right now. If it's iTunes, if it's whatever, subscribe. Then, some point between Friday morning and Saturday afternoon, based upon Fez's illness, and I hope I think it's going to be more towards Friday. I'm thinking is uh, we're going to record like a good half hour, forty minutes of him just breaking it all down. What happened last week, all that. But again, I get it. Right is. When you're that fati- when you're that drained emotionally, like the, you got to have a break, right? So if all the handicapping, all the betting, usually for Fez, the games. I mean, he in-game bets too, but usually you got to have a little bit of a like. Ah, even though the games are being decided, it's like you've done what you've done. You know, when I used to cook uh, every Thursday, I would cook marinara sauce, like whatever apartment I was at usually, or house when I was renting with people, and it was there was a guy Mark who still works for us. He would, when he, you know, he would be like a sous chef, like, I chop up those peppers, you know, and uh, a little sugar. And he would go, all right, what's in is in, right? So you put that last, and it's like, all right, now it's going to boil and cook. Well, usually with betting for me, when it's in, what's in is in, and I'm going to relax for a little. Well, he's in game betting, and he's got these gigantic swings. I mean, think about it. I think most of those losing Survivor people had Denver. All of them did. All of them did. Mm -hmm. So you're watching that game, and uh, Patriots get a nice lead, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah. And then they're coming back, and it's like, think of the emotional swings. Pretty intense. So so it doesn't surprise me he's not feeling well. He's got the flu, as he said. And um, But we'll have him subscribe if you haven't, and you'll see it pop up like a little free treat. And go boop, and there it is. Bloop. I just did that. I just made that up. That's good. You think I should record that and then have it as a draw? No, I think I think you're good. Bloop. All right. Oh, it was better. You should have recorded the, <laughs> the last one. Yeah, See, well, I guess right. we're recording all this. Yeah, yeah. Never thought of that. But I would turn your mic so the high, <gasps> so that breathing wouldn't be in yeah. there. Is there any way to AI that out? Yeah, we can isolate it. His breathing? Yeah, sure. that, that'd be interesting. Just the whole part. <laughs> just his breathing. <laughs> 
right, so we got AJ, we got Scott, and by the way, AJ's thirteen and two, like he said, on the season, fifty-five and twenty-four. That's got to be sixty percent, seventy percent, seventy percent. What are you the last two weeks? Uh, nine and one, ninety percent. Hmm. I was eight and two, or was I eight or nine? Was I eight o or one and one? You were eight and two. Okay, I thought I had a push in there. No. All right. How Scott? Scott three and two last week. Yep. Fez finally good Wednesday four and one, and he's been hot too, right? I he's mean, just eight and he, two in the last two weeks. So like, and we're not, it's not like we're picking the same game. No. I think people are getting spoiled. Probably. Maybe I'm going to try to give them losers. But then if I could do that, <laughs> I could win easy. All right. On the season though, I'm up eight units. AJ. That's 31 units. He's up 31 units. Scott up 17 units, 47 and 30, four pushes. And Fez is only down two. He's eight and two, and he's down two units. <sighs> well, it's good to it's good he's not good at everything. Yeah. Bad Wednesday. But historically, he's great on Wednesdays well. when we record and release overnight coming into Thursday morning. Okay. By the way, I'm 10 and 6. On five weights, my this this printout's a little obscure. I can't see the four weights, but uh, three weights <laughs> ten. <laughs> no, it is good. It is good to, to be winning your best bets, right? Because that's the highest weighted one. Yep. I mean, a lot of people would be impressed by Scott's plus seventeen units. I'm just thinking, but he's down in his best bets. So what does it matter? <laughs> like, what would you rather be up eight? Now, when I say eight units, it's unweighted. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would you rather be unweighted? Oh, this is interesting. So, what these numbers that down numbers below? numbers the weighted units. Oh, you know what's funny? When AJ's ahead, he's got every possible permutation. Yeah. Like, these are the units. <laughs> these are the last three weeks. <laughs> to be fair, I've built this over the last two years, and it's happened to be a pretty good two years. And it does show you that what's interesting is how unmotivated you are to have any records because it's taken this amazing run to even get, like, the bare bones of what a normal reporting would be. Um, speaking of that, what did you hear about this UNLV game and the bowl game and and the line moved like six or seven points? Yeah, yeah, because they weren't sure if the quarterback for Kansas, Jason Bean, was playing. But he was out there warming up. He was warming yeah. up a little bit, and then he stopped, and the other quarterbacks continued warming up. But that, but that, the line was done dropped before that. It wasn't like it dropped at that point. Yeah, apparently, he was dealing with the flu. And they were saying that he's unlikely to play because of it. And and how'd he do? Uh, he played UNLV's defense. He did yeah. okay. No, but how'd he do? Phenomenal. Threw for six touchdowns. Yeah, so not okay. I mean, the sarcasm, we want to just get the fact. So six touchdowns. Yeah. A guy that moved the line a touchdown because he had the sniffles. Yep. Okay. I think maybe the money, the sharp money isn't so sharp. I'm not saying don't care about it. I'm saying it does feel like there's a lot of people Almost like, you know, we were laughing before the show. There's these different mobster types that are on YouTube who are talking about, you know, well, I used to run the biggest book on the East Coast. It's like, I, I, it could be true. It might not be true. But they, these guys seemingly know nothing. And I guess it shows you why, you know, if you really think about it, if you were really sharp, would you, I mean, back in the old days with the mob if you were an italian immigrant or an irish immigrant or whatever immigrant it kind of made sense if your choice was work in a grocery store as a clerk or run a crew 
maybe risking your uh, life, risking your freedom made sense. I'm not saying it, it did or didn't, but I can see it, right? You look at like Godfather 2 and think Vito, what was his options, right? Probably wasn't going to have many good ones. But if you're not in that situation, if you can go to college and all that, you know, Tony Soprano said, he goes, it would have been gutsy for me to sell patio um, furniture on the side of the road because my dad was a mobster. So that was the easy choice. I don't think there's many like guys that have a choice that are very sharp that are going into the mob or going into organized crime because it feels like almost impossible to win that game at this point before. Maybe you had a chance, but with the, with the ability for surveillance and all that, it's tough. I mean, I, I just see – remember when Silvio 15 years ago was going, no more of that uh, – w- w- they, they would bring him to the meat shop and cut him up or whatever. He goes, that DNA stuff, I saw it on CSI. He goes, we got to yeah. do something. <laughs> I mean, that was 20 years ago. Right. So I guess the romanticism of the mob is over and the guy's still in it. Got to wonder what their IQ is. And the guys moving the market maybe may not know. They may not be as sharp as those guys back in the day. Yeah, I think that's a different thing. I think you're right, but I think it's a different thing. I think it was just a lot of groups that have money they raised, and they got to put that money in action. Well, Louisville was a seven-point favorite against USC tonight mm-hmm. because Caleb Williams mm-hmm. wasn't going to play. Guy that played instead, six touchdowns. So what was the final? Uh, 42-28. So he played okay. He the played okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it. I've heard different handicaps in that game because on one hand, motivation is historically the key factor in bowl games. Yep. But on the other hand, it can almost reverse upon it can almost double back and say everyone, you know, everyone's saying we're not motivated. And you it's almost like the McVeigh thing with the Rams. The reason I was optimistic on the Rams this year was I think, why is he coming back unless he's gonna coach hard? And it, it's a challenge. It's almost like a great director running a high school play. Like to some degree, it doesn't matter the stage you get engaged. And I, you know, I that's interesting the way that game went. Well, I think that's a good correlation to what we're going to see here in the last two weeks of the NFL season is motivation for teams and motivation for players. We all know about contract incentives mm. and bonuses in the Which final start, week of the season. So next week we'll have next some. Week of those. we're going to have that list. But in terms of teams that are out of the playoffs, guys that are getting an opportunity to play. Tyrod Taylor talked today about how starting means everything to him. And the idea that Brian Dable is going to Taylor to start over DeVito, I mean, Tyrod Taylor might have the game of his life this week, or you would think that that's certainly his motivation if he's telling the media just how what it means to him personally, how important it is, and what it makes him feel like to know that he's a starting quarterback. Well, think about Taylor. So he was starting at Buffalo the year before Josh Allen. They went to the playoffs, remember? Yep. And then it's like, hey, thanks for your service. Yeah. And then since then, it was pretty much, you know, he got uh, shot in the ri- in the lungs or whatever, collapsed lung, and then he was down in Houston. And he, I mean, he is injury prone, it seems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Gets but, hurt every time he gets a chance. But you could, yeah. I mean, I could see a universe. If we were in a simulation and we ran this 10,000 times, I think there's probably at least 3,000 of those universes, 30%, that Taylor has started pretty much nonstop from that Buffalo year till now. You know, as a 23rd, 24th best starter kind of guy. But those guys, there's got to be someone 24th, right? And, I mean, Andy Dalton wasn't – I mean, Andy Dalton had a couple years he was pretty good, and otherwise – 
wasn't all that good, but he started and started and started. So Taylor probably figures a couple of breaks, a couple of competent doctors, and all of a sudden, uh, he's got a different career. And, I mean, how old is he? He's only, like, what, 29, 30? Is he over 30? Uh, he's 34. Is he? So yeah. how old? So Buffalo was, what, five years ago? Buffalo was 2017, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, 2015 to 17, he was in Buffalo. So his last year was 17. And, okay. But he was in Cleveland. He was with the Chargers. Then with Houston. Yeah. So he was Cleveland in between. Um, but let's be candid. What is it now? 30, even the young, I mean, other than Russell Wilson, the youngest quarterbacks that seem to start showing age is like 37. Yeah. So he figures he might have two years starting if he does well. What I think is fascinating is the, the, the reports that came out of Pittsburgh after Rudolph on Christmas delivered the victory <laughs> is – it was the it was the locker room saying this guy's come to work now for three years, yep. and, and and has been doing what's been asked of him, and we want to give him every chance to win the game. I think we got to look at these backups and say what does the team think of him? That was part of my handicap when I made the Steelers. You know, one of my my best bets last week. It was because I felt like the team was going to fight for Mason Rudolph. Well, that's a great handicap because they they. They've seen this guy every single day show up to work, and, and they, you know, you root for a guy like that. And when they find out that he's starting, no one on the team is going to be like, ah, shit, we're not going to be able to compete this week. No, they're going to be like, hey, they're going to celebrate. They're going to cheer. They're going to, this is the, that's the type of guy that when they win the game, they're celebrating and dancing in the locker room. You know, they're pouring the Gatorade over him. They're giving him a champagne bath. Like, that's the type of performance that you get from a team that rallies around the guy like that. And I think that's undervalued is it's not just who's good on the on the field. It's who's going to engender emotion, positive or negative, in the other players. And I think whenever there's a new quarterback situation, we got to think about that. Obviously, with the coaches, what we've seen with the Chargers was, and as I liked especially, I thought early in that game last week was the time where the emotions would matter. But the Bills barely won. Yeah. Not very good, those no. bills. All right. Speaking of not very – oh, wait. Speaking of good, let's get into our five weight. So we start with our best bets. That's different than most. But you know what? We figure once you see how good the best bets are, you're going to stick around. And most of you do. I guess we start with me now. With Oh, well, I guess we have Fez's pick. We so, do. But we still when, – when someone's absent, their picks get – they they don't go in the order. Okay. So, so we do start with RJ, which happens to be a double best bet. Okay. And a triple like. Wait a minute. Just because it's mine, it's a double? Well, so yeah, someone doubled up on you. Someone copied Oh, you. no, no, no. I thought you were just giving extra weight. To no, my, no, no, no. It was me and Scott. That's right. And that is the Denver Broncos. Yes, it's my five weight as well, and it happens to be Fezzik's four weight. Okay, triple like. And if you had a winning record on the fives, I'd let you go first. <laughs> but I'm just not going. To. All right. This is real simple. Let's think about the locker room. Now, the point of fact is Russell Wilson gained some equity in that Denver locker room this year. Last year, he was one of the most, I don't know, hated, discounted, contempt, held in contempt. People, The locker room was not a fan. And... I mean, high-stepping knees and all. I mean, come on. 
Let's this, ride. Yeah, let's ride. Let's ride. The bench. <laughs> this, oh, that's good. This year, he's worked hard, it seems. He's tried to moderate himself. And his performance has been okay. Not great. Not good. Okay. Maybe a little better than that. Now, if you look at, and I think this is probably the best stat when it comes to offense and defense, which is what is your series success in each set of downs where you have four downs to get a first? How often do you do that? And if you look at the number one offense in the league is San Francisco. Number two is Dallas. Three, Buffalo. Four, Detroit. Five, Miami. I mean, it's the who's who, right? Now, interestingly... Number six, Philly. Number seven, Kansas City. Number eight, Baltimore. All right. Number nine, Green Bay. It's a little better than you might think than the Rams, Vikings. It all makes sense, right? Well, if we look at Denver in this stat, and there's you know different stats to look at. Um, Denver is, let me see, 32-1-0-9-8-7-6-5-4. 23. That's all right. Now, another way to look at it is yards per attempt adjusted for sacks. And uh, so it's really the classic yards per attempt. And then you add in every time you're sacked, that counts as a, a, an attempt. Because even though the ball doesn't get thrown, you, it was a drop back, as they call it in the play-by-play. But also, um, you lose those yards, right? So what is yep. effectively the net effect of going back for passes? So in that case... If we look at that, Denver, if we look at the net, is 27. Okay? So, and that even accounts for, I mean, you think about it, that's accounting for how good the defense is. So if we look at just the offense, they're 21 yards per attempt, net. So 23 in one, 21 in the other. I'm going to call them 22. Okay. Next year, and this is where the salary cap and all that matters, is if they let him go in the offseason, I'm not sure if it's post-June 1, but there's some time in the offseason that will be the cheapest time they can let go of him. Well, you might think, oh, let's hold out one more year. It, we won't cause – no. If they have him one more year, it actually costs more after next year. So Russell Wilson has $37 million that becomes guaranteed if he can't pass a physical in the offseason. Okay. He's the fourth quarterback that has been benched under these circumstances. Right, so, so Jimmy G would be one, right? Jimmy G, the Colts benching Matt Ryan, and the Raiders benching Derek Carr. In all four instances, or you know, all of them, the player had an injury guarantee that we become fully, fully guaranteed. And now, two of those were last year. Yes, Matt Ryan and yes. Carr. Yeah. And so, if you just look at the situation, right, like. We're not, this is we're, the, not, we're not in the playoffs. This is the first step in getting rid of Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's yeah. what's happening. The, the, There's not really another option at this point. Like uh, You can't bench him and then bring him back next year. Oh, yeah, you can. Well, I mean, they, in Atlanta, they bench you and bring you back the next week. Yeah, but you can't bench the guy saying, like, we don't want to pay him next year because we don't want him to get hurt. But no one's saying that. What I'm saying is this is this gives us insight, in my opinion, into Denver's thinking because the big speculation in the offseason is, hey, Russell Wilson hasn't been horrible. Are they bringing him back? If it was like this year was more expensive to let him go, if, if it was one more year and you saved $25 million on the cap or something, so it goes from $50 million to twenty five, I think they bring him back one more year. But since this is the year to get rid of him when it comes to that, or you got to wait two more or uh, at least – 
it would be after next year is more expensive. So after the year after that, two years from now, it would be cheaper. But that's two more years. Mm -hmm. So I think not wanting that guarantee to kick in speaks to the fact that, okay, we've figured out he's not the guy. Let's make sure we don't have to be forced to pay him. And he's probably going to now get cut or whatever it is. However they do that. I don't know if they're going to try to trade him or what. He has a no trade clause. Yeah, but he probably would. That's interesting. If they, if he knew they were going to cut him, because that really was the Derek Carr situation. They knew they were going to cut him. He wouldn't accept any trade because he wanted to pick where he was going. So, but can yeah. you imagine that there's a team out there that would say, "I'll trade for Russell Wilson and pay him 119 million over the next two years"? I, like that seems well, crazy. But, see, but I'm not sure how much that is. Is once Denver's paid their part, you know how much is left, and Denver might be able to, or might be willing to. Pay for some of that, right? If it saves them, ca- this is all more. Com- this is all a specialist knowledge that none of us are specialists at this. Yeah. But what we can be pretty sure of, this is a sign that they're gonna. He won't be their starting quarterback next year. Yes. And Stidham is someone they outbid the Raiders for. Let's keep that in mind. The Raiders thought that that we were Stidham had what he threw for like three hundred and eighty yards in a game last year. Three sixty five against the 49ers. Yeah, I mean and three scores. He had a hell of a game. It was like, wow, maybe this is the future. And then they get Jimmy G. Again, questionable decision. And then Denver comes in and pays, what, what, I think $9 million for two years, I think it was. But the Stidham got out, you know, the Raiders got outbid. And we'll get that. Two-year, $10 million. Yeah. So for a backup, that's, you know, that's not the top, top. And like Andy Dalton a couple years ago was getting $10 million as a backup. But in general, that's a, that, they outbid, you know, the Raiders. Raiders are tend to be cheap sometimes, mm-hmm. but th- they want to see what they have, right? Because if it really, let's think about it. where's Denver going to be picking, fifteenth? Yeah, middle of the pack. Yeah, what, how do you get a quarterback? What's the plan? I mean, this feels a lot like Atlanta. It feels a lot like Washington, where you, you're in the middle of the pack. What mm-hmm. do you do? You lose the next two games and you <laughs> improve your standings. Well, I hope no. not. Yeah, but, and I hope but not. I don't, I, but I don't. That's the thing is, I don't two, think they, first, they would want to do that. I think it was too, first of all, they got it. One of the reasons not to tank ever, or, or typically, is you want to see what you got. If you're tanking, it's hard to really evaluate mm-hmm. your players. And who needs evaluated? The quarterback here, Stidham. So I think, one, and plus Sean Payton doesn't want to go, he wants to have a winning, I mean, nine and eight is a winning season. But that's kind of the question to me is like, what does this say about how much they care about winning right now if they're making this decision, which is clearly a future decision for the Broncos when they've got a chance to make the playoffs this year. But I think well, it's a it's it's a long shot to make the playoffs this year. See, I, I disagree with all of this. I I think they think Stidham gives them the better chance right now. I think it took this long. I mean, the case could be made this was one of Russell Wilson's lesser games. And at a certain point, it's going to be, all right, I've seen enough. Right, because they've been winning. It's like since they went on that winning streak, it's hard to. Be- it looks like they were looking to bench him the first chance they got. Yeah. to be honest. Well, it's something you talked about in the beginning of the season that you thought Russell Wilson was going to get benched at some point because Sean Payton wanted Jared Stidham. They brought him in for a reason. You mentioned they outbid the Raiders for him, and it's part of my handicap on this game is that Payton's going to have he chose Stidham, which means. His reputation's at stake. Exactly. And he's going to prep him and work with him and get him ready for this game. Now, I don't know what Stidham's going to look like in week, you know, in the in the final game of the season against the, the Raiders. 
but I can certainly tell you what he's going to look like here against the Chargers. And I think it's going to be close to what we saw in that first game against the 49ers last year when he threw for 365 yards and three scores. And I think that the market is too anti-Broncos because of this move. We've seen it, the point spread. It's absurd. The, the drop is the absurd part. Yes, absolutely. And then you have the Chargers, who are clearly inspired with the interim head coach. They got the, the coach-fired boost for one week. Well, they got the coach-fired. Yes. Then they had the coach-fired yeah. boost. Yes. And they played their hearts out. That was an incredible game that they came up just short in. And now I think is the, all right. That's the let. This is now the letdown spot for the Chargers. So I, I, to me, it's there's only one way to look in this game, and it's the Denver Broncos. I can't see anybody putting money in on the Chargers unless they're just blindly saying, "Oh, well, it's Jared Stidham, and I haven't really heard of him, so I'm going to bet against them." Yeah, I, I think Russell Wilson still has the reputation mm-hmm. somewhat. It's a big name. I mean, it wasn't, but two years ago he was considered a top five quarterback, top three, yep. top four, right in that range. I also think let's compare this to the Patriots line. So Denver closed seven and a half, if I recall, against the Patriots. It certainly got up to seven and a half Saturday night when I was looking at the Super Contest stuff. And now how good are the Patriots with Zappi, who, again, let's give them credit. They won that game. How good are they versus the Broncos with Stidham? Stidham's the better quarterback. I think we know that part. So it's like... The fact this is three. Now, if you say to me, all right, against the Patriots, it's seven and a half. Against the Broncos, it's six and a half. Okay. I mean, against the Chargers, you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Against the Chargers, it's six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Patriots over a touchdown, Denver favored. In this case, Denver favored by almost a touchdown. I can see that, maybe, because the Patriots were right at the bottom of the league before that win in a lot of categories. Now, again, Belichick's Belichick, but but the idea that it's now three, these are saying these are even teams? Well, let's think about it. Who was better during the year? Denver. Who's better on defense? Denver. Who's got the better quarterback? I mean, does anyone in the right mind think that Stidham is is – uh, what's the guy's name? Stick? Stick. Stick. I mean, so like, how is this line saying Denver with home field is just a little bit, let's say one increment better. I think the three increments better. And I think that whatever the line was with Russell Wilson probably should be the same line. Now. I don't think I would take the dog here unless it was like six and a half. If, if I didn't have, if I didn't have the ability to hedge, mm-hmm. I might take six and a half. I certainly take seven. I wouldn't think of it before that. I was surprised that this came on the contest as three. It's three and a half painted in the market right now. So, and I, I can't imagine money coming in on the Chargers. So, well, let's it, let's take a look at. Um, I mean, whenever we're around three, we want to look at. The uh, the lay price too. So I'll, go ahead, you continue. I'll, I'll look it up at Circa as we're talking. I mean, it's three and a half minus one ten, basically everywhere. All right, continue. Uh, but yeah, I, I would only look at, at Denver here. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think that and they, these teams played just a couple weeks ago, and that was with Justin Herbert starting the game, and the Broncos dominated them. And that's again that Justin Herbert got, got hurt in, but Justin Herbert stunk for the first half of that game before he got hurt. So I, I just don't I don't get this line. I don't get I I just think it's an overreaction, like RJ said, to Russell Wilson getting benched. It's not like Russell Wilson has been, you know, some some sort of uh, superstar this season. He hasn't been twenty twenty Russell Wilson. This is a shell of what Russ used to be. I mean, we just we just quantified it. 21st best offense. Yeah. And I would make the case the offensive skill players are 
better in Denver than 21. You know, so I would make the case that's more Russell yeah. Wilson than anything. I mean, he might be 25, and the skill players might be 17 or some variation of that. No, I'm just. I mean, I've said my piece on this game. It's 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 my best bet for a reason. The Stidham is. I bet over his props. I think he's going to have a. I think. I think Sean Payton is going to have him really ready for this game. And it, he's going to mo- be motivated. Absolutely. To look good. So it is minus one ten at circa two. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was more towards three when this came out. So if anything. You know, the move, now Wednesday's got a lot of moves, uh, mostly driven by injuries. Mm-hmm. But I think what AJ said is a key point is the offense or the defense for Denver, if it was able to, you know, do pretty well against, you know, uh, Herbs, then odds are with a lesser quarterback, they got they got to figure. I guess the scheme isn't the problem. Yeah. Right. So what's Allen's status? He's not going to play. He's not. I mean, I, my sense is he doesn't play. The I don't rest think he's going to play for the rest of the year. Why would he? What's the and, point? And if you're in the locker room, at what point do you say, "Wait a minute, I'm here again. I'm risking, you know, my health." And you know, I don't know if Allen can play or not. But my guess is, if they were in the playoff hunt, he'd I be think playing. He so. Um, if you look at real quick, and we can look at the flip side, which is the um, series of downs percentage conversion rate. And if we look at the uh, defense in the Chargers, for example, now actually the Broncos are pretty low in this one too, which, again, it's those Bronco numbers get so skewed by that beginning of the year. And I know you can't just arbitrarily remove the beginning of the year. Really by that one game. Yeah, yeah. But they, they weren't playing well. You know, most, I mean, most of the time uh, early, but you're right, that one game had a huge part of it. But the Chargers are uh, 27th in that stat. Actually, they're tied for 29th. There's like a bunch of teams tied at 74, but 27th. And if we look at them on defense and yards per attempt, Denver is 25. So again, we're seeing, or Denver's 25, excuse me, and the Chargers are 29. So we got the Chargers pretty much 29. So Denver with a better defense, Mm -hmm. better offense, I think, only laying three. That's the recipe for a best bet. And what do you think of the narrative that I said about the the Chargers, you know, coach fired boost, play their hearts out, lose a gut-wrenching game, now we fade them. And I think the Allen thing is part of it. It's They're going to fade or or the effort is questionable because what more do they have to prove, Right. And I mean, this coach doesn't for them doesn't seem like he's even up for the job. No. So it's like, I mean, my understanding is the Chargers hate. Well, we know historically they don't fire midseason or or during the season because they don't like to spend money. Like they don't they don't want to spend cash. It was so bad. Yeah. I mean, they probably. Neg- I wonder if they negotiate with a couple of the coaches that who will take the least <laughs> to take this head job. And is one guy said, "My name's Giff. I mean, Jeff." And. Do we know what the pronunciation is? I, th- I think his I think his is GIF. You don't I know. Say Jeff. I don't know. I say both are accepted. Hey, I mean, I know Jonas Knox would have known. I don't want to make a big deal about it, <laughs> but I think we're ready for our next game. So there you go. To to recap, uh, that is RJ's five weight, Scott's five weight, and Fez's four weight. Denver minus three. Yes. Next up, we got AJ's five weight. AJ, I don't know if you guys heard eight or thirteen and two. Last 15, here comes his five-way. It's on the Buffalo-New England game, 
Buffalo minus 12 in the contest. Yeah, Buffalo minus 12, my best bet this week. Bills now 6-2 and two, straight up, 5-3 and three ATS against the Patriots in the post-Brady era. The average cover margin in that 5-3 and three ATS is plus 4.5 points. The average straight-up margin, including the games that they lost, plus 14 points per game. Uh, the Bills had their flat spot last week against the Chargers. They played like crap. Patriots got they went out and got an outright win. I mean, would you say that how many games this year would you say they played like crap? Uh, that was one of the weaker performances. But that's I, not the question. No, I mean, I I'd have to look through their schedule. Well, and take think, a gander, okay? Because it strikes me that they haven't they played about half their games poorly, and they're just they're good enough that they've won a few of those. I would say this was the first week they've played like crap in about six. Well, but isn't that what? Quite frankly, I speculated is you can't always be up, right? Right. So now the question is, does New England? Because at the beginning of this run, New England inspired them as the team to beat. Yeah. At what point is that no longer the case? At what point is this a flat spot? Uh, I don't think you can be in a flat spot now. You, you but, got but a chance could, to win the you division last tomorrow. Week? Could you have been last week? Yeah. But you had a chance to win the division last week. Miami's won since then. It's not like anything. I mean, ain't, what has changed? Miami won. Buffalo won. I think after playing Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys three mm-hmm. games in a row, then playing the Chargers, yeah. in a da- playing Easton Stick in a down year. No, would have been I, a- I'm not saying it's not a flat spot, but I'm saying you're saying the reason it won't be a flat spot is because it can't be. The division's on the line. But wasn't that the case last week? Oh, yeah. All right, so I mean, these are humans, sure. But I, all I'm saying—they've already lost to the Patriots once this year, by the way. And I think that helps um, the motivation. Yeah. So, and that's the Patriots when they when they play. That's definitely one of their crap games that they've played this year. Uh, All right. But I I think losing to them this season actually helps. And just on the matchup standpoint, New England—they're solid against the run. I I doubt the Bills stick with that run-heavy game plan that they have. I think this is a Josh Allen game, and that's when. The Patriots have really struggled with these Bills. When Josh Allen goes up, the the famous game that the Bills lost is when Josh Allen couldn't throw the football because the wind was blowing. He could have. He could have. Yeah, we could have, but excuses. He, he he didn't. Uh, and I thought he had a strong arm. The Bill. He, some would say. <laughs> Bills are getting healthier, too. And Micah Hyde back at practice today, and even bigger, Daquan Jones back at practice. He was in that in that week where everybody got hurt in the same week. Daquan Jones, a key guy for their their run stopping. He was a full participant at practice today. And, and he got hurt way back in the Jacksonville game? Yes. Okay. And for the Patriots, it's not looking good. When I say it's a Josh Allen game, Jabril, Prepper, Jabril Peppers, their starting safety, did not practice. He's got a hamstring. His backup, still in concussion protocol. Trent Brown, their best offensive lineman, didn't practice. We've talked about the Bills as so, a— So those—here's my question. Wednesdays mean different things for, to different people. I think considering that um, the status last week and the history, as you were telling us in pre-production, this looks kind of negative to them playing. So Jabril Peppers missed his first game of the season last week against Denver. That's the first game he's missed all year. And then— Brown, I, I looked it up. He he's normally a, a Wednesday practice guy, so it's not. He's I know a lot of veterans get Wednesdays off. Trent Brown normally a, okay. a Wednesday practice so, so guy. That tells me though the designation officially, the whole probable or which doesn't exist anymore, but questionable or doubtful. Uh, I think Scott, you were saying it has to be what they, they have to do it three days. You got to specify three days, yeah, or you have to do three designations. Okay, it is. but it's not yet 
on Wednesday for these guys, or I think... Yeah, looking the, at the official Patriots website, there's no game status specification on any player. All right, but I would say this. If you miss one week and you're trending in the right direction, you're practicing on Wednesday. So I think that pessimism there is warranted. And I think if you got a guy that doesn't take veteran days and he's missing and he's injured... Yeah, I would say both those are below 50%, if not below 30 would be my guess. And like I said, with the return of Daquan Jones, if the if the New England offensive line is banged up at all, when Bailey Zappi's been pressured, it's been a nightmare that goes back to college, but it, it's, it's not going to change. And the Bills' defense has been dominant the last several weeks. Uh, it, the, even the Chargers game, obviously, was, was not a good game offensively, but I thought the defense played pretty well, particularly after the, after the first quarter. Um, and this Patriots offense is just, they're stuck. There's, there, there's, no, there's no juice to this whole offense, and it's not a Bailey Zappi versus Mac Jones. It, it's, there's something with the scheme that just is broken, or, or none of the players are any good. I, I don't know, but... This is this this is the kind of game that the Bills bully in. When when you're down, they have been bullies, and especially I think against Belichick with a chance to kick him while he's so, down. So what happened? I think they so take what this. happened the first game? Josh Allen had played a terrible game. That's when Josh Allen was in his interception run, where uh, this was it was the worst part of the season so for him. So Josh Allen playing particularly well lately? Yeah, you think? Yeah. I mean, he's he's moved into the fourth favorite for the MVP. Well, I think we know that doesn't mean. <laughs> but I'm saying, I mean, like I I don't know. It just seems like this has been a maybe the expectations are too high, but at no point did it feel like that Josh Allen got a lot better. I mean, I don't know. I guess I feel I I guess it's hard for me to think too much about how great the defense is now. When that Philly game, what was the final of that Philly game? Thirty-seven, thirty-four. Where was the good defense there? Nowhere to be found. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is it feels like we're laying some big lumber. Well, about that, RJ. Continue, please. Going back to last season, 2022, including this year, the Buffalo Bills are 0-7 ATS in their last seven games laying double digits. What? I thought yep. they were bullies. This year against the Chargers, laying double digits, they did not cover. This year against the Bucks and the Giants did not cover. Going back to last year, Dolphins, two games against the Jets and a game against the Packers. Their last seven games as double-digit favorites, 0-7 ATS. How are you feeling about that, buddy? Not great. <sighs> They're not bullies, are they? Now, how, how many of those did they win? They won six of those seven. They lost to the Jets as a double-digit favorite last year. Okay. I tell you, I don't mind this pick. It does feel like we're always waiting for the Bills. Like, they beat the Rams, like, two seasons ago, I guess. Now, the first game last year. And it was like, look at how they're rolling. And then for the first couple games, they rolled a few times. I'm not sure I've seen them roll very much since then. They just rolled the Dallas Cowboys. That was a nice win. That was, I mean, they win. I'm not saying they don't win, you know. I mean, again, the Cowboys, when they're not playing on turf, not as good. But, you know. It's fine. You know, the Bills don't even have heating elements under their field. <laughs> only team. I thought it was the that. Packers were the only. Oh, the Packers yeah. do have the heating oh, elements. Oh, they yeah, have yeah, the that's heating. Right. Yeah. Well, you, when you grow that that weird grass, it, yeah. take, it takes something. Since Josh Allen came into the league as a double-digit favorite, 7-10-2 ATS. 7 ten, That's losing. That's losing. <sighs> you want to re- rescind this play? No. How much of this do you think is your is your heart? 
Is you're saying I like the Bills? It's not. It, it, that's the, sa- the same reason I said the. Char- I thought the Chargers were going to cover last week. It, it wasn't a surprise to me. I've had a pretty good feel for when did this you team ha- is going to be you, up or did down. Did you have the Chargers? Not not in our thing. I had it on my pregame clients. Had the Chargers. Well, why'd you hold us back from us? Because it wasn't one of my five best. How many how many sides do you release in the NFL? I think I played six sides last week. <laughs> high volume, baby, high volume. Now, I got a little trend that might interest you. So, if you lost the last game against. Uh, and let me make sure it's this year. Scott, why don't you finish your point? And I got an interesting trend when it's a second game after a big loss. Yeah, my point is just the the pay, the Bills laying the lumber here. And it's something I can't go against. There's something about this team that over the past two years, they have not covered double-digit spreads. And it goes back, like I said, I brought it back to 2018 when Josh Allen's first year. The Bills are just 7-10-2 ATS covering double digits. Now, if we want to expand this to, let's say, the line is 12 now, so you want to expand it to go to the... Well, the here's the thing to think about. The line in the market is 13, 13 and a half. Yeah. So, so oh, wow, he's getting the value of the 12. Well, that's a good, good point. Yeah, and yeah, they and actually they're... Oh, let's go. Since, 20, since Josh Allen came into the league, 5, 4, and 2 when it's 12 and a half or higher. Okay, so this backs you up, AJ. If you have a team playing for the second time that year... And it's not, let's say, not the playoffs, because that's a different thing. So let me take the playoffs out. And the first time you lost, which they did, and now you're favored by more than 10 points. All right? 21 and 15 for that favorite. Okay. Uh, up 2.6 points per game. That's significant. Uh, you know, 58% is what it is, but it, it just shows you consistently. And it tends to go under a little bit. To those games now, I think if you like the Pats, right, if you you gotta like the under. I agree. If this is a shootout, the the that and that's part of my handicap too is if the if the Patriots get down, they're not built to to come from behind. Bailey Zappi is not built to come from behind. The Patriots offense right now is not mm-hmm. built to play from behind. I agree. And if you look at the advanced stats, the Pats on offense are between twenty eight or worse, uh, pretty much in every one of them. And if you look at Zappi. The last four starts, I guess it is now, right? Yeah, Bef- four starts this season he's had. Oh, but how many has it been in a row now? Four straight. Okay, yeah. So the last four, it, now is that counting this one or not? This will be his fifth. Fifth, okay. Uh, so I'm right with the, the span. The last four games, they're ranked 30th in EPA. So it's not like it's been better. I mean, they've Zappi's done okay as a starter with the wins, what Scott, if you don't mind looking up, what is the team total for the Pats? Because I tend to like that more. I think this is a play about the defense. I mean, you don't really – you're not anxious to say Josh Allen versus the Pats D, are you? You're more thinking your D is going to shut down New England. Well, that's a great point because this season the Patriots have the best record to the under on the team total. They're 11-4 and four to the under on their team total this season. Okay, and That's usually that would you know that that would get harder and harder to win those because you know as it trends. But I I, I mean I'm just interested to see what the number is here under thirteen and a half minus one twenty. I I don't like that. I mean, but you know if it's fourteen and a half, it's a whole different conversation. Um, okay, okay. I you know something I'm not going to argue with it. I especially like the fact. What was the line in that first Patriots Buffalo game? You remember? I just want to put that as a qualifier in here. Let me uh, pull that up. The game at New England was Bills minus seven and a half. Okay, that's going to be interesting. And so I'm going to say prior line is, uh, let's say, less than. 
Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what we got going here. Because I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I think. Boy, it makes you think this line is accurate based on that seven and a half. There's been no adjustment on the teams. Well, remember, we don't flip six points anymore, yeah, okay. right? Especially in division. Yeah. Uh, late in the year. Okay, so this is even better. So if you have, you were favored by a touchdown or more the first time, you're favored by more than ten this time, and it's nine and four uh, with almost or over three and a half points a game of advantage. So seventy percent, three and a half points. It makes sense. And you got the Bills. I mean, the look ahead. I, I think. I think the thing that swings me here, to be honest, is how flat they were last week. Means they're probably not flat again. That's that's my thinking. Yeah, I agree. All right, I approve. So you want to make that official? Yep, that is my five weight. The Buffalo Bills minus twelve in the contest. Okay, next up, this is my four weight, and it happens to be Fez's five weight. Which, again, I don't think he's copying me. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I know he has historically, <laughs> but we're going with the Saints plus three. The Saints plus three. Okay. Buy high? No, no. Sell high, buy low. Where do you think Tampa is right now? As high as they could possibly be. They're like uh, Bob Marley high right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And I would make the case the Saints are probably power ranked as low as they've been this year. That's probably about right. I mean, they're right. They're not f- far from the low. I don't have Fezzik's power rankings. I think of these two teams as the same. So I- I- I'm with you. Like the, the three. A full three on the road is is overkill, considering we're we're not going to give three to Tampa for a home field. I, I think these two teams are the same. I think this line should probably be one and a half. Okay, so let's take a gander at. I mean, I think what we're looking at here is some premium value on Tampa's run, and and then to some degree, I think it's justified in that Tampa's had a nice run. Um, but let's let's take a look at the offense first, and then we'll look at the defense and compare the two. But if we look at the offense and we look at the Saints, let's see where the Saints are. Okay, so if we're looking at the offense, let's start with uh, the series of downs conversions. And what we have here is Saints 14th, Tampa 15th. Sounds about the same. Let's call them even. Now we look at defense and we say, okay, Saints are 5th best and Tampa is 18th. Not the same. So you could say, well, you know, they're on a four-game winning streak. What about those weeks? Okay. We looked at the EPA, and it, it does come to their favor. But uh, Tampa or uh, the Saints on defense during that time, 10th, Tampa 13th, so still an edge. And then on offense, Saints 18th, Tampa 7th. So if we say let's find – the sliver of time that most optimizes Tampa recently, they're still, if you do a plus minus, it's like, okay, well, up 11. They're up eight slots, or they're averaging, let's say, four slots, let's say, between the offense and defense of advantage. Okay, that would justify the three. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Because the line should be two, one and a half otherwise, right, if it was even teams. Yep. But then when you add up that in any other reasonable and, – and really the season is the issue. That any other slice or dice, we're going to say that the Saints are better. So this does feel like the, the classic – you know, you, you, Tampa is getting a lot of attention, a lot of talk about what kind of contract Baker's going to get. And let's be honest, when Baker is thinking about Baker, that's not good for the other no. people not named Baker. It's when Baker's trying to like – 
keep his pride or keep in the league, he can play pretty well. So I think it's a perfect storm. And let's be honest, the Saints are still in this. I mean, they have a chance to win this mm-hmm. division. They're they're desperate. The Saints are. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of desperate. I because I, I think must win is usually overranked. But right now, the must win is being trumped by what well, Tampa's got to win too. And I mean, they don't got to, but I think motivation is equal, right? I just think the distraction might be better or bigger for Tampa. If Tampa loses this game, they can win the division by beating the Panthers next week. Okay. So I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that yeah. any, there's any, there's no free squares, obviously, but it, there's a little wiggle room for them That's that the Saints don't have. Uh, so they, are they just going to win one of the next two? Yeah. Okay. Um, can you can you look up the Saints line the first game against Tampa? Yep. It was uh, they lost the game twenty six to nine. That was at home. Saints were home, and the spread was Saints minus four and a half. Okay. So in what week was that? That was in one, two, three, week four. All right, so four and a half, and now we're laying three. So there's a seven and a half point swing, right? That's through a three. Yeah, I mean for sure. And it, and the swing's supposed to be three and a half or four. Let's Saints still have. I mean, I know it doesn't show in the stats, but they still get respected with a home field. So let's say. So we're saying I think the Saints in general. I mean, and, and it's my last point on this game is the Saints statistically are better than you might think. And, I mean, if you look at the uh, some net numbers, like if I look at, for example, and we talked about this earlier, the net yards per attempt with sacks removed or with sacks accounted for, and then you get the net from defense. So it's like the offense, the defense. If you look at the Saints, they're 16th on offense, 8th on defense, and if you add it up, they're ninth net-net. So the only teams better than the Saints, net yards per attempt, accounting for sacks, San Fran, Miami, Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, Dallas, Minnesota, Cleveland. That's it. That's wild. I mean, they're better than the Eagles, the Rams, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Packers, the Bucks. The Bucks are 17th on this. Yeah. So we got the – maybe it's that simple because really there's nothing more predictive – than yards per attempt with sacks accounted for. That's one of the most predictive stats there is. And then you do the net between the two. I think we got the, quite frankly, the slightly better team, but let's call them even, even getting three in division. I like it. Bucks have been favored by a field goal or more twice this year. Oh mm-hmm. one and one ATS in those games. Now, who was that against? Uh one was against Atlanta uh-huh. and the other was against Carolina. Yeah, so that's the level of team we're talking yeah. about. Saints are in a different level. Yeah, and and Baker as a dog, thirteen and twenty five ATS in his career. Front runner as a dog. Yeah, this is not the. I want to back, or excuse me, as a favorite. I want to back. Uh, I want to back Baker when he's a dog, not laying a field goal. I, I just don't believe in him then. So and, it, and do the, you have a stat when he's thinking about his contract? I don't <laughs> have that stat, but I'm sure it's not good. The one concern I would have is Marshawn Lattimore not playing for New Orleans, and he has been single-handedly responsible for shutting down Mike Evans every time Mm. these two teams play. Evans, in 19 games against New Orleans, has just one 100-yard receiving game. He's only had five catches in four of those 19 games. He has not caught a touchdown against New Orleans in four straight games. No, yeah. yeah, But now Marshawn Lattimore's not playing, so... Now, how many games has he missed Lattimore? Uh, Let's see. I mean, recently, because I I agree with you that in general, Lattimore 
has a particular, you know, there seems to be a vendetta, a blood feud with those two. <laughs> yeah, hasn't played since uh, November 12th. Okay, so I think it matters probably more in this game than most, but mm-hmm. I think that, that here's the thing. I didn't say this in the Buffalo game, but I think it's true. When a team loses players, after three, four, five weeks, the team's got to the team's got to there's got to be a transition, yeah. and they either step up or they don't. I would yeah. make the case Buffalo's D is a lot better than it was in Week Five, right after the injuries. Now it doesn't always get this much better, and I think it improved a lot. But in general, that guy that was a first-time starter or a spot starter that's now starting his fifth game is better. I agree. All right. There really hasn't been an opposing wide receiver, though, like Mike Evans that they've faced since Lattimore's been out. I mean, against Atlanta. They saw Cooper Cup last week. Wait a minute. Wait. I mean, they got two top ten picks with Atlanta. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not even counting the Well, right. Puka Nakua last week, nine catches for 164 yards and a touchdown. Well, I mean, the Rams, I mean, this adds, listen, there's no re. Just Cooper Cup, though, six for 52. That's just, their number one. Just because you had the Saints, what would you have them over? What, 11 wins? Or you had them. No, to, not 11 wins. You had, you had them crazy to go old. over their win total. Yeah, you, but you didn't you bet them to be the number to win one the seed? Division. And to be the number one seed in the NFC, right? No, it was one of my long shots. Uh-huh. Was uh, Along with, give me credit, I said Dolphins to win the Super Bowl was one of my long well, shots. Let's pre-season. see if they win. But it was the Saints also because I said. Uh, their, their schedule. I said their schedule, and I said they're going to have a home game in the playoffs. So I picked the Saints to make the playoffs. and proceed through so, the playoffs. So perhaps there's a vendetta. A little bit. Kind of like you and Evan, or Evans and Lattimore. <laughs> um, I, w- I would, you know, what I would say is this. The Saints have disappointed, but if you actually look at the line moves, the Saints have been being bet a lot of weeks. Mm. A lot of weeks by the pros. And if you look at the underlying stats, they say pretty much the Saints are either the ninth, 10th, 11th best team, and that's not how they're being ranked right now, which tells me value. And basically across the board, this this line is at two and a half now. Okay, it's, and that just moved. So um, you know, all the better, all yep. the better. So recapping, that is so R- the market agrees. Yeah, RJ's four weight, Fezzik's five weight, Saints plus three. Next up, we got the four weight from AJ, and it involves the Rams at the Giants. Rams favored by four and a half in the contest. Yeah, I like the Rams minus four and a half here, and the look ahead on this was six. I'm not sure what happened last week that would make people think. Well, I mean, the Giants had another strong performance. They almost won against Philly. Was it a strong performance, though? Well, did they cover? Uh, they did cover. That is a strong performance. Uh, they covered, and really, they had two explosive plays that made the game feel close. They had feel a close. Yeah, they had a 76-yard interception return for a touchdown. Okay, and they had a 70-yard pass. If you take away that 70-yard touchdown pass... Well, what happens if we take away the Phillies' good plays? If you take away their best play, they'd Uh still have over 380 yards of offense. The Giants, you take away their best play, they're back to 220 yards of offense. The Giants didn't do anything in this game. Well, it it does seem like... Doesn't that seem to be the story with Dayball's teams? Is they're always overperforming? At what point are we going to say maybe it's not overperforming? It's what he does. I, I don't know. I'm not saying I mean, that, though. I'm, I'm not looking at the Giants and thinking, man, this is a scary team. Like, they're, they're, well, this is not a good team. No, they're not a good team, but are, where where would you rank in 1-32? to 32? Bottom five. Okay. And 
but the performance. What, look up their ATS record, because usually a, a bottom five team has a bad ATS record, right? What are the Giants? It does seem like they've been overperforming for two years, and I agree. The stats say the Giants are maybe the worst team in some some perspectives. Six, eight, and one. I mean, when you're almost five hundred, and 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 you were supposed to borderline make the playoffs this year. That means they're playing some close ones. I'm not saying, hey, maybe that the bubble is going to burst, but I I think you got to account for the Giants not being four as, and one in their last five, not being as tied to their underlying stats, or maybe that's just a fluke. And it's but it's been two years, maybe. But the the Rams also covered last week, so yeah. and the Rams covered. They dominated statistically, covered comfortably. Is why a one and a half point downgrade? To the Rams or upgrade to the Giants. I, I don't see where that could possibly okay. come Tyrod from. Taylor. Tyrod I think you're right. I think you're right. You I, don't see him as an upgrade over I, Tommy I do. DeVito? I don't think he's a Offen- point and a half upgrade. The offense was more competent last week when he was in there. Four full drives. You know, they played well. No, I think DeVito is, is to Taylor, is the answer. Yeah. Right? And it should have been forefront in my mind. But continue. But here's where I've gotten. I've gotten to the point with the Rams where the first thing I do is, is check their opponent. Can they stop the run? And the answer with the Giants is definitively no. The, the Giants are bad on defense everywhere, but they're particularly bad against the run. 28th DVOA against the run. Kyron Williams, since Cam Akers was traded and Kyron Williams became the featured back, Averaging 106 rushing yards per game. He is one of the the least talked about superstars of this season. And adding that Stafford is up to fourth in QBR, this has turned back into an elite offense, the Rams. I agree. And everyone's talking about the Rams. Somehow they're in a bad spot this week because they've got the Niners on deck. But it's not like the Rams are they can win the division next week. That That's out of the question. In fact, the Niners might be sitting guys next week. So I don't understand how this is a bad spot for the Rams. Meanwhile, the, if, the, if, if the Rams get to nine wins here, it's going to be tough for them not to make the playoffs, in fact. I think you get a fully focused Rams team, and you're, you're playing a Giants team that has this game sandwiched between two games with a rival in Philadelphia. Uh, so I, I, I don't think motivation is an issue for either team. I think the Rams, though I would, Chad, go to the uh, – and uh, New York Times playoff thing, because I'd like to see if the Rams win, what is their playoff on? Okay, because that 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 would if it's up in the nineties, that would tell me even more. But but I agree with you. But in a way, it feels like you're you're going down these kind of rabbit holes of like, well, why is the line was it this and that? It's like I get it, but the question is, is four and a half the right number now? Is is the real question. So if the Rams beat the Giants, it goes to 87%. All right, that's pretty strong. So I don't think they're going to be distracted. No. I agree with you. Um, I think the Giants are just playing hard. Now, at what point – and we talked about it early in the pod. Taylor seems like uh, – I mean, what's your sense of him in the in the locker room? I think that they root for him. I yeah. think that he's a, a popular player, and I think the team might rally around him. And looking at just you know Brian Dable's history with Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback, two zero and one ATS in, in his you know three starts. Uh, <laughs> and I know it's Undefeated. a small yeah I know it's a small sample size though. But if you look at uh, you know the quarterbacks this year for the Giants, and Tyrod Taylor has only had a hundred and seven pass attempts this season. Okay. But this season, looking at the quarterback comparison, Tommy DeVito, 42nd in EPA per play. Daniel Jones, 43rd in EPA per play. 
Tyrod Taylor, 23rd in EPA per play. And DeVito had a 44th average depth of target. Daniel Jones was 39th ranked. Taylor, 7th depth of target. So the offense seems to be much better yeah, I mean, Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Considering how Daniel Jones played this year, I think he's clearly the best quarterback. Yeah. Do you think there's, I mean, all joking aside, do you think there's any backlash with the DeVito thing that there was such a, you know, insanity feel to it, as some say, that, that, that not starting him might cause there to be a lot of questions in New York? I mean, this is a home game. Yeah, but I don't think that, no, because I don't think that Tommy DeVito was really in the running to be the starting quarterback next year. There was a lot of, I mean, a lot of talk about, I mean. It's a nice story, and and he could maybe be the backup, but. Do you think Tyrod Taylor's in the running to be the starting quarterback next year? Maybe not for the Giants, for somebody else. I think Tyrod Taylor is playing for his future. Yeah, I, I mean, here's what we know. Tyrod Taylor was supposed to start for the Chargers the year that they draft, I mean, rookie quarterbacks don't always. Start. They didn't want to play Justin Herbert year one. I mean, well, they certainly didn't want to play him that early in year yeah. one. I mean, I think it's. I think they wanted if they didn't play him in year one. I think it would have been a huge disappointment. Meaning he, well, I guess it, it's all about. I mean, maybe in theory it could be like Alex Smith, where the guy's having such a good year. But in, let's just say this: is Taylor was odds-on favorite to start more games than Herbs that first year. Until the doctor got to him. Since then, I'm not sure enough has happened. It's been a couple years. It doesn't feel like, I mean, what we know in that interim is Herb Street or Herb Street? Herbert. Herbert. He, we know he's below 500. We yeah. got that part. What is Taylor's lifetime record as a starter? I hope it's over 500 so bad. <laughs> um, it is weird the way. Remember when you were saying how Herbert's the MVP because of how bad they look? Yeah. How does that go now? No, they, they, they played all right. He's 27, 27, and one as a starter, by the way. So he's better. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just say this he may be the starter for the Chargers next year. I, I, it would be an upgrade. I'll, you know what? I'll lay minus 1,000. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, but you, I mean, let's let's just see what you think. Do you think Taylor is better or worse than Devito? Better. Okay. So, and I think it's unequivocally true that he's played Taylor better than Dan, Daniel Jones did this year, right? I mean, Jones was horrible this year. Yeah, yeah. He's played better. He's played better than Daniel Jones in his limited time, and he's played better than Tommy Devito. Thus, the best starting quarterback for this year the Giants have is starting. Giants are on a winning streak, or in general, are on an ATS cover streak. <laughs> Four and one ATS in the last been, five. Been, been exceeding expectation. There's no sense that they even want a top pick. Yeah, they do. Maybe I'm not even sure they do because it all it would do is put a spotlight on Daniel Jones. What do you do? Take the guy then sit, sit him the year because Daniel Jones is getting forty million. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe if they're picking seventh and they get a tackle, it'll be easier. So. I guess my question is, how good are the Rams? I don't think this is about the Giants being bad or or the Giants underperforming. They they haven't been. Why would they against the Rams? Well, the Rams have have won five of their last six. The one loss was the 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 punt return against the Ravens in overtime well, at first Baltimore. Of all, that was doesn't matter. Punt return is that was probably as big an upgrade for the Rams. I mean, after seeing what the Ravens yeah. did yep. this week, I mean, they played them. I mean. Blow for blow. Yeah. So I agree. And, and this is a five straight covers for the for the Rams as well. Uh, so they've they've been exceeding expectations as well. 
I just think they're the team who's got something to play for. Whereas, I mean, I, I'm not saying the Giants have quit. I don't think that they have. If all, if all you do is play against playoff or on playoff teams or playoff competitors, meaning they're in the hunt for the playoffs, and you fade teams eliminated, you're going to lose a lot of money. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying this handicap. But in general, saying this team's got something to play for and this team doesn't, the market usually overaccounts for that. In this case, the fact the line went from six to four and a half, meaning the Rams have been relatively downgraded. Although now it's five and a half everywhere. Okay. Yeah. And, and that matters. But but to me, that speaks to the value on the Rams, which I think the Giants' hoopla, mm-hmm. right? Which I don't even know why there'd be hoopla, but I guess it's just there's been enough games in a row they say, hey, they are playing pretty good. And and the Taylor thing, yeah, I guess it is just the Taylor thing. So, hmm. I'm just thinking, what should I mean? Let's think about this. If this game were in LA, and I know there's not a great home field there, let's just flip it four just to kind of do it. I mean, eight and a half. Let's call it eight. I mean, would you be anxious? Would you be anxious to play the Rams at eight? No. Yeah. But I would. I mean, I'd certainly play the Rams at seven. But no, at at eight, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be running to bet it. No. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a positive Rams trend. They're 18-4-1 ATS in their last 23 December games. So Sean McVay in mm, December. I like that. Good. Uh, do do me a favor. Go to. Um, is that a search you did in the database? No. Or okay. Um, maybe search that in the, in our database and say um, uh, either December or January because but then say playoffs equals zero because to me. It's it's end of the year, or, or you know, actually, what you can say is just say after week. Let's think about this five, four. I say after week uh, thirteen, thirteen or later, maybe, and see what McVeigh does. Um, but I think the bigger concern also is for the Eagles. Everybody's been talking about how their offense. There's something wrong with this Eagles offense. And then last week, they they lit up the Giants' defense. Like the Eagles had had been really. I mean, remember they could they scored 17 against the Seahawks. They scored 13 against the Cowboys. And they blew up on the Giants, and that's that to me is the is where this this handicap really gets nasty. Is really gets I, nasty. What does I, that mean? I just think the Rams de- or Rams offense dominates this defense. Which Tyrod Taylor, whether he's good or not, I don't know that it matters because I, I just think this Giants defense is dead. Hmm. So from week thirteen on, twenty nine and seventeen ATS. Okay, so I and I think that's meaningful in that well twenty four and twelve regular season. Because I have to specify no plus. Okay, so yeah. twenty four and twelve ATS, two point nine three cover margin. That's strong. That's strong. Late. Um, let's take a look here. This will be the last thing we're going week uh, ten on because the Rams. You mentioned Williams coming back and making a big difference. What week was that that he came back? Week twelve, he came back. Okay, that's what I thought. So week twelve on. If you look at the league wide. The Rams have the second best EPA per play on offense of any team behind only the 49ers. Wow. So, I mean, if this is the truth of the Rams, and again, that's playing the Ravens during that time. And the Browns. Okay, that's during that span? Yep. It's very impressive because EPA is not adjusted for opponents. So that's very impressive. And, and, you know, I'm hearing, you know, people saying, what would the line be Detroit hosting the Rams? I don't know. I don't think it's over three. I don't think so either. So it's very interesting. And again, I don't, I'm not playing it because I don't, Dayball's kind of got me on the don't fly against list. <laughs> but um, 
I, I think playing the Rams, I mean, I had the Rams last week. I think playing the Rams makes a lot of sense. They're hot, and I don't think the market's fully come around on them. So, interesting pick there. So, make it official. Uh, it is my four weight, the LA Rams minus four and a half. It's Fezzik's two weight, the Rams minus four and a half. Next up, we have our four weight or Scott's four weight. It's Arizona Philly. Philly favored by 10 and a half. Yeah, I'm taking the Cardinals and I'm taking the Ooh. double digits here. Uh, Philly has not covered in four straight games and as a double digit favorite, they don't cover. They are one and four. ATS as a double-digit favorite going back to the start of last season. Four straight ATS losses as a double-digit favorite. Of those five games going back to the start of last season, a minus 6.10 margin as a double-digit favorite. This year, they've only won two games by double digits. So as good as they are, or we believe they are, or I believe they were at the start of the season, it's not like they're running away from teams and blowing them out. Last week, against the Giants, Tommy DeVito was bad. We know that. Replaced by Tyrod Taylor. But once Taylor came into the game, four drives, all of them were 30-plus yard drives, and the Giants' offense looked effective or more effective. Now, is that because of the threat of the run, possibly, with Tyrod Taylor? He did have two runs for 21 yards, so not a lot, but maybe just the threat of the run. But speaking of running quarterbacks, this year the Eagles faced one running quarterback in Josh Allen. Josh Allen had nine carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns against the Eagles. Now they face a running quarterback in Kyler Murray. I think the Cardinals are going to be able to put up points And I think that Kyler Murray is going to be able to cause fits for this Eagles defense that hasn't shown the ability to stop the quarterback run. Even Patrick Mahomes had six carries for 38 yards against them. You go back to week four, Sam Howell, six carries for 40 yards. So would you say that's driven by the linebackers not being emphasized in the Philly D? I would say so because you're not going to – you need somebody to stay and spy a guy like Kyler Murray. And if you're paying too much attention to that, Uh, it's going to open something up. I think that's too simple. I mean, Mm -hmm. what they're doing in the NFL is so complex, but generally the athleticism of your linebackers is a big driver of that. And I think that the the Eagle strength is going to be this – you know, or the front of their defense – and I think Kyler is going to be able to run around and escape some pressure. Well, you mentioned the strength being the front. That was the, the thing that jumped off the page to me last week. Zero sacks against the Giants, yeah. who are the most sacked team in the mm-hmm. world. And they got zero sacks. Like something's going on with his Eagles defense that, that's not pretty. Well, if you look at since they started the gauntlet, as it's called, uh, it was Dallas, then a bye, Casey Buffalo, San Fran, Dallas, Seattle, and then the Giants. In that time, and that's from week nine on, the offense for Philly, quite good. Seventh in the league. Defense, now get ready for this, 31. 31 out of 32 teams since week nine. Tough competition, but still, 31? Mm -hmm. Come on. Yeah, and uh, I think Kyler Murray, I mentioned the ability for him to to run around in this offense and run around against this defense. And, again, I'll go back to what – the Bills did, which, you know, Josh Allen really dominated them. And looking at also, I'm doing a lot of position versus defense breakdowns. Now, a lot of it's for fantasy purposes and for, you know, prop bet purposes. But looking at what some tight ends have done against the Philadelphia Eagles, and there's been some success here from the tight end market. The Giants tight ends last week, Bellinger and Waller, combined 
for six catches for 75 yards. Mm-hmm. Cowboys, you know, Jake Ferguson, good tight end, five for 72. Seahawks tight ends had six catches. So does Arizona emphasize the tight end? Trey McBride uh-huh. has emerged as one of the you know borderline elite tight ends this season in the NFL. Over his first seven games, he's had 21 targets. In his last eight games, 66 targets and 200-yard games. He's become Kyler Murray's favorite weapon, and I think that he could pick apart this Eagles defense. So you have the running of Kyler Murray. You have Trey McBride at tight end, and I think the Cardinals keep this within 10.5. Arizona's got an extra day of rest, too. Okay, and this time of year, that matters for sure. Now, if we look at the Arizona, and we just said, hey, let's do it since, you know, Kyler came back. So that was week 10, right, is on defense 29th. They've been at the bottom, Arizona of D, the whole year. year, But actually not as bad as Philly (laughs) during a similar time, one week extra for Philly. But offense, only 26. So now that Arizona is drifting away from, like, a top two pick, Mm -hmm. they're right. I mean, I guess they're, you know, it looks like Carolina slash Chicago has it locked up. Not locked up, but it's pretty solid. We'll see with some of my picks. Um, but it does feel like there's a cause for Arizona to make Kyler look good, to, to get the, everyone behind him coming back and starting. 26 so far doesn't do it, I don't think. Mm. So, but I think what it does is motivates them. You know, if, if, if there was a thought of, hey, maybe we sit on this one, you know, are they going to do that in division? I don't think. So I think motivation, because they, they want Kyler Murray to look good and they're in division – and they could be spoiler in a way, I think that we don't have to question motivation too much with Arizona. Kyler Murray as a road underdog in his career, 15-6-2 ATS. That's strong. That's strong. So what was the quantification, last thing for me, when you were quantifying Philly against the run of the quarterback isn't so good, what stat were we using for that? I was looking at how their defense performed against quarterbacks this year and yeah. which quarterbacks ran for yardage against them. So if you look at, you know, Josh Allen was really the one, the only running quarterback, and I say running quarterback, a guy that runs the majority, you know, more yeah, so than others. And he had great success, nine carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns. So when you do that for fantasy and stuff, there's no, like, number that you respect that says, here's how they do against mobile quarterbacks. Like, you know, I see, like, this team versus tight ends. I see mm-hmm. this team. You don't, you don't uh, have any number that you use to see how good a team is against mobile quarterbacks? You were looking at the draft order and stuff, AJ, since we've been talking. Yeah, so right now, if the season ended today, the Bears would have the first pick from Carolina. The Cardinals would have the second pick at 3-12. and 12. Okay, so, I mean, that makes me think maybe they do protect that, but then it makes me think, wait, you're a 10.5-point favorite. Uh, Philly is, or dog in this case now for Arizona, maybe you don't have to try to sabotage that game, right? Odds of winning aren't too great. So now, I would say this, I'd be less inclined to play the money line, even though you would say, well, with a big dog like that, it's tough to play. No, I'm saying the money line is going to be priced in a way that in theory, if you're willing to play the spread, the money line should look equally as good generally over the long term, not in any given game. But I wouldn't be if, – if I'm in-game betting this thing, it's tied with four minutes left or six minutes left, I'm betting on Philly. Because to me, mm-hmm. I think if Arizona has a choice between this play, they they figure, man, we got them here, 
Who knows if they call another play? I wonder how this figures into their thinking. Like, if you look at the teams that are in line to get the top five picks right now, I would say Arizona is the least likely to be interested in drafting a quarterback. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's an asset. Right. So if you have that now, when I I would say the following, if you're going between fifth and eighth, seventh and tenth, I don't think it matters that much. It matters. It costs a trade up, but it doesn't matter that much. It what matters is if people think there's a sure thing. Yeah. If people think there's a sure thing or close to a sure thing, they are willing to pay for it. And there's two quarterbacks at the top of this draft That's that everyone's saying. in love with. So yeah. maybe even if you don't pick second. It's good to have the second pick. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at the Hall, the Chicago. Exactly. Guy. Yeah, you're and right. And there wasn't even a sure thing, right? Yeah, you're right. So, so, but to me, again, I think that comes up if it's a close game late. More, I can't remember who the team was, but it was like two years ago, and they were like in a you think they want to lose spot, and they ended up scoring to tie or or scoring to go down one late, like late, and they go for two. And it was like a horrible play call. Was it the Jags? I can't, maybe it was actually. And I think they went, and it was like, it, it didn't even have a chance. I think it might have been like they threw a, um, it might have been one of those old school fade patterns, like you never see down on the goal line anymore, but it, they threw it out of, out of the end zone. <laughs> I mean, it was like the perfect way to make sure you weren't going to win. Go for two. So now there's no flukiness. And then just, now again, I don't know, but boy, it looked weird. And I mean, I, I I'm almost certain it was the Jags. Yeah, I'm actually. trying to find that game. It would be, you know, one of the maybe the last one or the next to last one. But uh, <laughs> and and again, that wouldn't be obviously the most recent year, but the, yeah, uh, to, a year before or or I guess even two. Oh, to make it official, Scott's four weight Arizona plus ten and a half. Next game, Carolina and Jacksonville. Jacksonville favored by six and a half. I've got my three weight, and so does Scott. We agree on the Panthers. I I think one of the most underrated units in football right now is the Carolina D. If we look at them since week 13, now why are we saying week 13? J.C. Horn, right, back, a cornerback. That's been a key player for them. I mean, they picked him, what, like seventh or eighth? Right with Sertan. I think they picked him before Sertan, if I remember right. I believe so. In that draft. And he's been good, not that good, but made a difference. All right, so let's look at— There's also another big difference since Week 13. What, which is— Oh, is, is that exactly coach. when they were fired? Yeah. Okay, that's even better. Okay, so we got—13 is a nice, clean week. Mm-hmm. All right, Carolina, during that time, if you look at their defense, 16th best in the league. I think it's the most, one of the most underrated units. That's a, a, a straight average D, and people aren't saying Carolina in average too much. Now, if you look at their offense, 24, not as bad as you might think. Now, Jacksonville, ironically, coincidentally, 13 week, that week means a lot to them because that's when the first injury happened with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, against Cincinnati when he got his ankle rolled up, left the game. That was that was where the the constant battering of the Trevor whining, Lawrence the began. Whining. Yeah. Uh, now he seems pretty tough. I mean, you know. But anyway. Jacksonville's offense during that period, number 20, their defense, 24. So if you add up their ranking saying, hey, if you're one and one, that'd be the best. You'd be two, right? Is 44 slots or units for Jacksonville, 40 for Carolina. That means they're better. Yeah. At least during that time, or at least the stats are better. 
the idea of getting six and a half here with a Jacksonville team that is going to have a hobbled Lawrence. I mean, maybe it was hobbled. We're not even sure he's going to play. I mean, history says he will, but I don't know. I mean, he got what did he get? He got something else. Shoulder, shoulder. Yeah, he's got a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. Those hurt. Yeah. So now he's got an ankle. I mean, isn't that what set um, the Colts uh, Richardson down for the yeah. year? Right. Okay. So all I know is we got a team that is underrated right now with an underrated defensive unit. We got Bryce Young off his best game as a pro. We're getting six and a half, and Jacksonville's not that good at home. I mean, if anything, they seem to be slightly better on the road. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Carolina it is. Yeah, the Jaguars 4-12 and 12 ATS in their last 16 games as a home favorite. Mm. So give, let's, let, that's like a whole season. Mm-hmm. So a whole season of being a home favorite. Four and twelve ATS. I like that. It's an old school season. Only sixteen games. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm I'm all about Carolina in this one. They're playing really good football, inspired football. Some would say, as of late, and I think last week's performance just motivates them even further. We have a banged up Trevor Lawrence. If it's CJ Beathard, that's a bonus for us. That's and a big it, bonus. And if it's not. I'm okay going up against going up against the banged up Trevor Lawrence because he did not look good last week, and he's even more hurt than he was last week. I mean, he had to come out of the game last week and be replaced by Beathard, and that could be the same thing that we're looking at here. Like Trevor Lawrence might start this game, and then all of a sudden he's out after the first quarter. At what point was he replaced in this most recent game? He was taken out. Because one thing I've been thinking about recently is with these same-game parlays, and remember, we have a separate pod for a Thursday same-game parlay each week. Um, It's a little eight, ten-minute baby. I like the idea of going with, like, drastic unders if a quarterback has a real chance of being sat or injured, you know, Mm -hmm. because he gets one more hit. And you know, you if you get a cut, you know, if if you start at seven to one on like passing yards or something under, it doesn't. I mean, even if you play two other coin flips with it, it that are somewhat correlated. You know, speaking of this, you got that number. Yeah, it was the fourth quarter. Okay, speaking of this, I don't even know how to explain this. I've been putting together like one same game parlay a week. In the other games, just to get a feel for it. I've been doing a good bit of research on it, see what the correlations are. This week with Fez's always stuff, I said, you know, I'm not, he puts it in for me. I'm not even going to call him. I was going to put, I swear to God, I, what I had was McCaffrey over 100 yards. That was like the key. So that was getting paid, like, I think about plus 160. It wasn't as much as you'd think. But then I had it with San Fran, or I'm sorry, with Baltimore covering the game. And actually, it was like, okay, then, then I had it with a lot of points. So the three things was San Fran, or I'm sorry, uh, Baltimore covers, McCaffrey, a lot of yards, a lot of points. My core one was like at 40 to 1. <laughs> and I, there was two or three others I was going to – I mean, it would have been like – and you know what? The game hardly went the way I expected, meaning – it. it, it and the whole thing that was driven by it was the idea that if you can find a team's tendencies that go, like I'll give you an example. San Francisco, when they get a lead, or, or I'm sorry, San Francisco, when they fall behind, will still run the ball. Mm-hmm. So my thinking is, okay, McCaffrey getting over 100, that means they run the ball a good bit unless he breaks one. And they say the, the Ravens' defense is the type that can lock you down, lock you down, but then they give up big plays. 
just because the, they're playing a non-standard front. Yep. So they do a lot of uh, synthetic blitzes, they call them. And thus, sometimes they just get gashed, right? So McCaffrey, I figured, was going to be able to break one better than most anyone. So I think he, they might not run that much and still get over 100. And then I'm thinking, but San Fran, even if they're down 7 or 10, they still run the ball. That's a rare team that doesn't go pass, pass, yep. pass. So I thought, well, Baltimore, it's either if they can keep it close or win, San Fran might still run the ball. And I think whoever gets behind, they're not going to give up. This was such a marquee game. So they kept throwing from behind or running and throwing. That was my premise. And it really, I guess it turned out that way. I didn't expect Baltimore to kill them. But literally, it was 40-1. to 1. And it was because usually, San, if you think about it, San Fran being behind – if they don't cover, now they could be winning by three or four, means less running typically. That's where the real value was. But for San Fran, it didn't really mean that. But instead, I won zero. And instead, my MVP went up in flames. The, the it same, couldn't have gone worse. The same game parlay that we did last week? Yeah. We were a two-point conversion away from hitting a plus 450 and a plus 1100. What was it? What game was this? What, oh, I guess the, it was the Thursday the, the game. The Saints Rams game, yeah. Okay. So, oh, well, but remember now, if, if that two point conversion hits, then the Rams don't cover, do they? No, they, if the, the two point conversion did hit, we played them on an alternate line. We played uh, them minus nine and a half because uh, we were like, the Rams are going to blow them out. Uh-huh. So the Rams will be running the ball. I'm so sorry, we went, I was sick, guys. So we went Kyron Williams, <laughs> Kyron Williams over his uh, rush yards and Kamara over receptions. Well, Kamara hardly got the ball. He went over receptions? He did. And because it played out like we, we thought. At every time they lose, every time they're chasing, that's who they throw the ball to. Okay. And okay. I like that strategy. It ended up going exactly but the why, way. Why did you go with the alternative line? Because the premise was the Rams were going to blow them out. That's why we we thought they'd be run, run, run. But And they did blow They covered the regular spread, just not the alt spread. <sighs> who who was the main driver of the alt spread? Fez? Fez, Fez wasn't yeah. here. Yeah, okay. I was the driver of the Camara. AJ was the driver of the Karen Williams. Ah, Faz. <laughs> Wednesday bad. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. So anything else? I mean, I guess the thing that really jumps out at me here is Jacksonville's D has struggled mm-hmm. worse. 24 out of 32 in the league during this time period. They have not stepped up. The Jags have felt like, the, like one of the worst teams in the league for a month now. Like It's, it's weird that this was like a team that – Early in the season, people were lauding their defense, and now it's it's bad. Like it, it, something's changed with this team over the last four or five weeks. That they're just, they went from being a yeah, the quarterback's not healthy, he's not practicing, which means he's not motivating his teammates, which means the whole team is just down and depressed. Yeah, but sometimes if the if the if, if the QBs hinder, the defense steps up. Right? I, I don't mean, know what go- case. I, yeah, but I don't know what goes on during the week if he's not out there. Mm-hmm. Like, does the team? He's like, so is, inspired. Is he, maybe I don't know. <laughs> it, maybe it's the anti-Herbert. Maybe he is a leader in practice. I, I, I don't know I don't what get, it looks like. I don't get a sense <laughs> of that. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, I I think to some degree, I'm more I'm skeptical of the quarterbacks, or I'm sorry, the coaches that all the analytics people love. And there there does I mean because I, I I tell you. In case you wondered what kind of character those people have, have you ever seen them turn on someone like they turned on Staley? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like all the math guys were so behind. Staley. Three years ago, he's a genius. But then they just they, they just turned on him like it was like yeah. like wolves. I mean, it was it was vicious. I I think that Peterson is he got fired by the Eagles. I mean, let's just start there. Not so in a way to so did Andy Reid. So maybe the Eagles fire quick. But I'm not sure. 
I think the thing we got to remember is Frank Reich really was calling some solid plays back then. For what you know, however he did it, he was a good play caller during those Eagles teams. And and I would make the case that, and I don't know how much Peterson was the driver of this, but he allowed it. They were at the forefront of the analytics. Mm-hmm. The in-game decision-making. Uh, they were the first team. Were, of, the, the, the go for two when yeah. they're down 14 and score. They were the first yeah. team to really do it. And if you look at that Super Bowl, they went for went for fours that really swung that game. They rolled the dice against the Patriots. They had the variance increase, and it came up sevens for them. Mm-hmm. And they would have never won that Super Bowl without that. So I don't think. Philly, Philly. So to me, give them credit for that. But everyone's caught up. Now, what's your, you know. Like, what's your next act? And I'm not sure we've seen it yet because I would make the strong case Lawrence has regressed. He hasn't, it's not, I mean, he's, he's been worse this year than he was the second half of last year, even before the injuries. So I think with Peterson, I, I think what he's done in these two years is phenomenal, given where they were when he showed up. Oh, see, that's all the Urban Meyer had him in the pits of hell shit. I'm well, not I mean, even sure about they, that. They had the number one pick two years in a row. Yeah. His first year, they made the playoffs. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, the number one pick two years in a row. But what I'm saying is, Urban Meyer, the, the, all the hubba blue, hubba blue, I, that's, that's right, started what in week three? I mean, he was five. All I'm saying is, I, I, one, they want to make Lawrence's like first year meaningless and how bad it was doesn't matter. Urban Meyer got one of the sweetest contracts in the history of the NFL for a reason. He was a pedigreed coach. Did he work out? No, but let's not make it out that he was that bad. I don't I, think he all, was. All I'm saying is that they, they won no games for two years, and then they went to the playoffs. I, I, and I think he should be applauded for that. That said, if they don't come back and win that game against the Chargers in the playoffs last year— no one has any expectations for them this year. And I think what the Jags uh, are... If you win the division... They, they won a division that no one was good. I mean, they won a division at 9-8. and eight. They okay. won basically what was the NFC South last but year. But they were supposed to be trending up too, right? Well, I mean, when you when the year before you won two exactly. games, yeah, you've got and, to trade. And you up. have the the next franchise quarterback after Andrew Luck. I mean, the litany of these guys is, is John Elway, Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So, yeah, you're supposed to do good in year three. I think what they are is an, a, a very average team. And, and that means that there's something wrong. Yeah. Because if you're picking number one two straight years and one of those picks is a franchise, if he was nicknamed the franchise, it wouldn't be weird. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it's time to admit Trevor Lawrence, I don't know who's ever said this, isn't the savior. Wait, that was me. That was you. <laughs> ah. I mean, I actually was willing to revert and think, you know, he could be maybe top seven this year. Remember, I took. I mean, he's still better than Herbert, I think. If no, you look at the, st- huh? No, he's not. Oh, he's yeah. St- if you look at the stat, like if you look at wins and losses, yeah. If you look at the stats. Oh wait, wh- why would we look at wins and losses? I mean, it's not a quarterback stat. I it's hear it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at the stats, it's not even close. Really? Yeah. Herbert's like seventeenth or eighteenth in the stats I see. What do you got him at? What's his QBR? I'm interested in this. I think you're having fantasy in your head. There's like a, <laughs> there's a version of life in your head. He's fifth in QBR this year. He's fifth. Yeah. How can't they? Purdy, Allen, Dak, Stafford, Herbert. How do they lose so much? Because they suck. I mean, it's, it's not but, a quarterback they, stat. It doesn't seem it doesn't <laughs> seem like they suck too bad. Almost beating the Bills without them. Yeah, I don't know. 
I think it's a lack of leadership. That's just what I think. All right. Anything else in this game? You got anything else? That's it. I think it's a – I like the – I mean, to be honest, I would say my my top three picks, the three sides, I like better this week than I have in, in a long, long time. Well, you're on back-to-back four in one week. So I know. Uh, I'm feeling good. Something. I'm uh, feeling good. So to recap that one, Carolina plus six and a half, RJ's three weight, Scott's three weight. Okay. Next up, Atlanta, Chicago. Chicago favored by three. AJ with the three weight. I'm on Atlanta plus three here. All the talk is the the Bears are some kind of new team. They were playing hard, but they're not. RJ's going to hate when I say this. They're not beating any teams that have a pulse. And so now does we're Atlanta asking, have a pulse? No, but we're asking them to lay a field goal now. Like when the Bears were underdogs, I got it. Now we're asking them to be a, a field well, they, goal. They favorite. covered as a favor of four last week, right? They did mm-hmm. against the worst defense in the league. But and listen, I don't want Atlanta outdoors either. But I think a lot of their road road woes were Desmond Ritter related, and Taylor Heineke was was much better last week. I just can't get to these Bears being a field goal favorite, and they're banged up. You can't run on Atlanta. First of all, they're still top five defensively against the run, but there's no Cole Komet. No Darnell Moody. Their starting center, Lucas Patrick, didn't practice. I don't think he's going to play. And DJ Moore missed basically the entire game last week with an ankle injury. He wasn't on the injury report as to, of today. So it, there's a. I mean, they did a walk. That's called healing. It could be. It could be. But he. I mean, he he was a non-factor last week. But it's still and they mul- still covered multiples of their guys on the offensive side are out. I just don't believe in the Bears as well, a team. First of all, let's get to the heart of this. Atlanta last week looked like the Atlanta a lot of people expected this year. Um, what what gives you hope that that repeats itself? Because to me, if if Atlanta plays how they did prior to last week, this line's right if not short. If Atlanta plays like they did last week, the line should be pick them or, or Atlanta favorite. So to me, it feels like what changed? Was it just the quarterback change? If it was, why didn't it happen the last time the quarterback was in? I think that's the heart. I mean, would you agree if if this was a week ago and the Bears actually had been able to play one extra game so they played and won like they did last week and covered, mm-hmm. this line would feel right to you, wouldn't it? It would, 100%. In fact, it might be more than that. It might, yeah. be, four, it might be what the line was last week. And so you, what does last week tell us is the question. Well, you ask, do we have confidence that Atlanta can repeat the performance? Or close even, you know. And my answer is no. Because since Arthur Smith became the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons— they are 5-13-1 ATS following a win. So they rest on their laurels. Absolutely. Or they just don't put back-to-back good games together. Mm. And he is on. He's playing for his job. Absolutely. He's on one of the hottest seats in the NFL. I mean, the owner, Arthur Blank, said we're going to address it at the end of the season. So I guess he's got a stay of execution. But last week might be one of those games where he says, hey, we won. We feel good. My job's secure. And then this week is the letdown, which he wow. has done ever since he has taken over as a head coach. So I think the comments from Blank, the owner, were negative. I mean, net, net, if you would say, what would you expect him to say versus what he said? Could have said what the Jets, what Woody Johnson said, which is Robert Sala is going to be back next year as our head coach. Yeah, so I most certainly think that the hot seat got hotter because of those comments. I think there's two outcomes. It's Falcons. I, you have to win the division to make the playoffs. So either Falcons make the playoffs and Arthur Smith has a has a job 
or they don't make the playoffs and Arthur Smith is done. I think it's as simple What's as that. What's the scenario for them to make the playoffs? They're 12% right now to make the playoffs. and if you can, can it be eliminated? Can their chances be eliminated by this game? Yes. No, it, it, no if they lose this game, it goes down to 7%. Okay, if but, they lose this game and the Bucks or the Saints win. But before this game, they can't. if they win this week, they're not eliminated this week. Goes up to 18% if they win. Okay, no matter what happens anywhere else. So what I'm saying is... Um, have them win and have uh, Tampa Bay win. Then it goes to 10%. Okay, so they won't get eliminated regardless. Okay, that's. I was just thinking if somehow they could be eliminated before this game, that would be a problem, Yeah, I think. Okay, all right. So you think, do you think the team likes? Arthur Smith? Uh, yeah. No. Okay, but they still want to make the playoffs. They want to make the playoffs, yeah. All right. I, you know, listen, I think your instincts are really strong here. This line feels like, I said it two weeks ago, Chicago, or maybe three, Chicago's D is one of the most underrated units. We've been looking at different time spans, week nine on, week ten on. They're like second best defense, the Bears in the league. I think there's a reason. It's one of the stats I gave out last week. Uh, I picked the Bears last week. Well, actually, I was on the team total for Arizona under, under which yep. hit. But it was it, I was deciding whether I wanted to lay the points with the Bears or just go with under Cardinals team total. They both covered. They both won. And it was because, if you look at the stats, since the Bears acquired Montez mm-hmm. Sweat. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the key here. And AJ came back at me. He's like, "Well, they haven't played anybody. Oh, Lord. <laughs> they never played they, anyone. They well, have. But Atlanta's not anybody either. So it's a top. It's a top six defense in the NFL mm-hmm. according to EPA. If you look at and success rate, if you just look at from the time they acquired Montez Sweat and Sweat, the trade was something a lot of people disapproved of the price. But it doesn't really like there was no asset they use that affects them this year. It was future money, future picks. So I think the bear. Now the question is Fields. I think they want him to look as good as possible because chances are they're going to look to trade him. Yeah. Right? So why not? You know, if he if he has two good games from here, they could get – I mean, let's be honest. I think everyone's way off on what Fields is going to get. I think he at least gets 1-1. At least. And people say maybe a third. Think about, like, uh, Carson or, – or think about Sam Darnold from the Jets. Got, like, a second – was it a second and a third? After one of the worst three years in the history of the NFL, it was uh, sixth, uh, s- no. second rounder, and a, si- a second rounder, a fourth rounder, and a sixth and rounder. A sixth rounder, yeah. Yeah, so effectively it was like a second and a third if you add yeah, up those yes, other yes, two. Yes, yes. I mean, and, and Fields has a lot more value than Sam Darnold did at that no, I think Fields, I think someone's going to trade a first round pick for Fields. I think that's the starting point. You only have one more year left of Fields, though. You think somebody. But I mean, Sam Darnold, it was the exact same thing three yeah. years, right? So usually they don't give up till three years. Yeah. Right. So I wonder, are they going to trade Trevor Lawrence? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but I think your instincts are exactly right here. And to be honest, you add in the injuries, you add in the uncertainty. I mean, what I would be interested in if I was you would be Bears under. I mean, again, I know we have to have three, but I think Bears team total under is the side of the ball that interest. I mean, Atlanta's D's not as bad as people say. Oh, it was good. Now it's not good. I, I think that matchup I like a lot more. I think I mean now I think about it, I like under in the game. I like I, under in the game as so well. So what number are you saying? Uh let me pull up the latest. Bears team total under eighteen and a half. Oh no, we have to go negative. Under twenty and a half minus one twenty. Okay. So I actually And full game would be thirty eight. Yep. Okay. 37 key number, 38's a, a kind of a key number. I actually like under here a good bit. Cause I I mean I think matchup wise 
I think the Bears D is really good. And the only thing I would say, Fields ran really well last week. And if they're injured, there might be a few busted plays. I would want to look at Atlanta's D against running quarterbacks. Well, the Falcons are top five DVOA against the run, period. Okay. So yeah. they, they stop. They you need you need to pass to beat Atlanta. You know, I actually defense. like this play. I like this play. We got possible rain in Chicago as well. Well, he yeah. All right, RJ approved. I'll take it. Anything else? And that, that is uh, my official. My three weight Atlanta plus three at Chicago. All right, next game. Ooh, it's my total. I got a total on a game. It's the Raiders and the Colts. The line on the game, three and a half. Colts favored. Total 43 and a half. Okay, and I'm going over, over 43 and a half. Now, listen, full disclosure, and that's my style, you know, mostly, is this is a trend play, and it's a trend that comes up about once a year. And it's 22-2 and two over. Whoa. That's strong. And it's 12 points a game. And it's very logical. But that's it. To be honest, my personal handicap might be under. But when it's 12 points and 22-2, and two, and it's a two-weight, I think two, 22, two, yeah. I go with it. All right, here's the rationale. It's late in the season. So it's after week 13 or week 13. And in the prior game, they won, but as a substantial dog, like five points or more. And they were double-digit dogs yep. against KC. And the only other thing is that the over-under week-to-week can't go way, way up. Because if it goes way, way up, it's like they're saying, huh, whatever happened last week, it looked like it was offense, so now we're adjusting. And, well, that didn't happen here because think about it. Last week, the Raiders looked like they got lucky to score. All the offense came from the Raiders' defense, yeah. basically. So that's the conditions, and it's 22 overs and two unders, and it makes sense. What takes discipline? It takes discipline to play defense. It takes effort to play de- Usually in every sport, really, basketball too, is when effort goes down, scoring goes up. Right, because it takes it's easy to shoot. It's easy, you know. NBA All Star game. Exactly, that's a great, exa- great example. All right, now if it's late in the year and a team's a big dog, it means hey, they got their win in. Maybe they're not as worried about the next one because we know teams do tend to the ones with questionable motivation. They tend to alternate effort. Whereas hey, the papers are starting to bitch. Okay, let's play hard. Or the, it's not that they're making that decision. The coaches start getting on them, and then oh, you just sprung an upset. Okay, now the fact that the Raiders have an outside shot at the playoffs probably keeps them somewhat motivated here. Still, though, what's the odds? Yeah, I mean, so the history tells us twenty-two and two over. I'm going over. I could make it more than that, but that wouldn't be honest. What do you guys got on the game? I, I I didn't do anything on the total certainly, but okay, well, there's the no itself. no way I'm willing to buy the Raiders off the last two wins against the Chargers and the Chiefs. Like this has to be the high mark for them. Well, being the Chargers ain't much. Well, oh, you mean how the, they beat the okay. way they did? Uh, I, and I, I don't really believe in the Colts either. But I think last week they ran into a Falcons team that was able to take away the run, make them one dimensional. I don't think that the Raiders defense can do that. Um, there's a lot of availability questions for the Raiders. Max Crosby got beat up last week. 
Josh Jacobs didn't play for the second week in a row. Uh, Just the idea that the Raiders were able to win that game with no completed passes after the first quarter makes me feel like it's just too phony. Aiden O'Connell is too phony. He's like he's had two of the worst possible games ever against the Vikings and, and the Chiefs. And then he had just this incredible game against the Chargers dead body. I'm I'm not apt to believe in it. So it's I agree with that, and I also would make the case that I guess the Colts here is what gives me hope because if you look at their defense, well, something I did this week that was new, which is I said, all right, let's look at what a team is expected or how team their opponent, any team's opponents, how they do. So let's say you have played seven other games and you've given up 20 points a game, all right. And then now the team we're interested in scored 24. Well, we could say, all right, they're four points better than the league average against this team. So we did that for all teams, offense and defense. League average, this team put up versus what the team itself put up that we're looking at. And, um, and then, well, not what we're looking but we look at that team throughout all its games. So, for example, Raiders, you said, all right, they played the Chargers. Okay, what does the Chargers typically give up? Okay, how many did the Raiders score? Okay, plus that many points, minus, and you do the same thing on defense. All right, now what you do is you can say, okay, who has scored or who has contributed points to the total more than any other team, which is you're either scoring more or you're giving up more, right? And these are the top teams, Miami, Detroit, Philly, Indianapolis, Four. So right. those are the teams that play, in, in a simple that way to say it score, would be play in the highest scoring games, exactly. right? Exactly. So, for example, Miami scores eight more points a game than their opponents give up. And on defense, they've actually um, given up 8.7 more points per game. So you add it up, they're 8.88 points per game more than expected yeah. score. But it's all offense for them, right? Next one is Detroit, 6.4 on offense. And they're 2.4 bad on defense. So they're 8.7. Okay. So Philly, five points on offense, two and a half on defense. Okay. Bad. Colts score 2.7 more points on offense than expected. They give up 4.4 more than expected. So they score more than expected. They give up more than expected. They're the fourth most uh, highest scoring relative to expectation in this case team. And that's a debate. That, that I've really been thinking about lately. When you have a bad offense and a bad defense, what went? It's you know the opposite of the, you know, it's the movable object against the limited force, or however you want to say it. And I I think each game, it's a I think offenses have the I think good defenses can play good these days. But I think bad defenses are just as bad as they've ever been. And I think in general I think there's going to be more score. And, and we see this now. If you have teams that are, you know, that's an interesting stat is if we, we can just say two bad teams, it'd be hard to know the offense or the defense with our database. But if we have, I'm going to look this up as you guys finish the handicap on this game. But if you have two bad teams, the Col- but see, the Colts aren't a bad team, though. They're, they're kind of bad, but they, they got the record is. Right. All right. I'll look that up as you got if you guys got anything to finish. Well, to me, it's simple. If the Colts are playing, I like the over. They're ten and five to the over this season. They're eleven and four to their team total over. It's the best mark in the NFL. So they've gone over their projected team total more than any team in the league. It's like the Indiana Pacers. There's something in the water <laughs> There's in something, Indianapolis. Something going on. Yeah, they score a lot and maybe don't play a lot of defense. But yeah, ten and five to the over this year, a five point two three point margin 
on the overs this year for the Indianapolis Colts. That's significant. Um, and to me, the thing that worries me is just how good the Raiders D's been. But again, that's an example where I think the better offense, and I think Colts have a good offense, right? I think their defense is the problem. But again, 22 and 2, two weight over 43 and a half. Remember, 44 is a key number. I made it official. I don't need AJ. Next up, <laughs> we've got Detroit, Dallas. Dallas at home, favored by six. And AJ has a two weight in this game. I'm going to go with the Dallas team total over 29 and a half here. Ooh. And again, this is expensive. Dallas at home. This is what they do. They've gone, they've hit 30 in every game at home this season. And I just still refuse to believe in this Detroit defense. Like, just, well, I don't think anyone believes in the Detroit defense. Just when I thought the market was maybe fairly pricing them after the Bears loss, they reeled off a couple wins, and now I feel like uh, people believe again. They don't. Nick Mullins threw four interceptions last week, but he also threw for over 400 yards against his defense. I, I think Dallas is going to chew these guys up. They're coming off back-to-back losses where they greatly underperformed on offense on the road. Now they're back at home where they've put up big numbers all year. And, and this Lions defense, the Bears and the Saints put up 28. The Chargers put up 38. The Ravens put up 38. That's just their last five games. I, I'm going to guess that Dallas is able to get over this team total. I, I generally think they're undervalued coming off these two losses to top-end AFC teams, and I think where we really see it is on the offensive side against a a, a shoddy Detroit defense. Why not the full game total as opposed to just the Cowboys team total? And I know it's indoors and golf indoors, but just golf on the road in general is a lesser quarterback. So and and it's probably going to end up being the highest total of the entire season. So I don't I don't want to bother well, with Detroit. What's the end up? What's the total right now? Fifty three. Okay. So I like what he's doing here because one, the line of six. If this was a playoff matchup, this line would be three, maybe three and a half. I think three and a half. If this were a playoff matchup, um, there's a lot of points here that's based upon Detroit not having much to play for. Yeah. If that ends up being the case, well, that means their defense suffers too. I mean, where did you say effort? When you when you pull back on effort, where does it show more often than not? It's on the defensive side. And if they do play hard, I'm not – see, that's what's interesting is the fact that Detroit may not be playing hard here. I think that affects mm-hmm. offense and defense, right? So, like, the, te- the total – I could almost be interested in going over Dallas and under for the game – Understanding you have a better chance of scooping if if you agree with our premise. So I just looked this up. This season, games lined with a total of fifty and above, eight and two to the under. Mm-hmm. Now, if we go back to the start of last season and see what that number comes out to, games totaled fifty or higher, sixteen eight and one to the under. Going back to twenty twenty one, well, it's more even thirty one and twenty nine. So I guess there was a lot of overs in twenty twenty one. But just the last two seasons alone, sixteen eight and one to the under if the total is fifty or higher. And listen, that used to be the old adage: is you go um, under the highest totals and over the lowest totals. Mm-hmm. It, there was a long time when the league changed, and college it was the same thing. It changed. 
there was some kind of multiplication effect going on where when both offenses were really good, they couldn't comprehend how there'd be so many incomplete passes. When there was a stop, then it's like, so the clock's not running. There was a lot of 90-second drives with seven plays. But they've caught up to that. And in the last two years, the, the too high D mm-hmm. has been prevalent. And I actually, think that's, my mistake. That's the, the numbers are actually better. All right, go ahead. <laughs> 24-10-1 to the under. Last two years. Last two years, yes. I like that. I like that. Now, what I'm going to try is, okay, we did a little break in recording, and then these guys are yawning, looking at the clock, and <laughs> I'm saying, uh, just let me check one more. But I think we found something interesting in a same-game parlay, if you like AJ's bet. Scott? Yeah, so we'll go Cowboys team total over 29 and a half. Uh-huh. That's his bet. The game under 53. And okay. that goes back to the stat that I gave out about games that are lined up with 50 or higher spreads or totals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I think really the key here is the corridor that opens up, right? So if Dallas scores 30, there's like 27, that, uh, I'm sorry, 23 that you could get out of Detroit, yep. right? Yep. If they score 31. So we have to hope AJ's right, but not too right, mm-hmm. right? Because the most, if Dallas scores over 36, like it could be 36 17. Right? It's 53. So, okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think they're scoring less than 17. But they might. Yeah. All right? So, go ahead. And then I added Jared Goff to throw an interception. I like that. Because, let's be candid, that takes a possession away from Detroit mm-hmm. and gives Dallas a chance to do some scoring, maybe even close to their end zone. And also, Dallas, is, I mean, if you said pick a team any random week who's going to get an interception, Dallas has been a good pick. I mean, they, they do seem – I know there's a lot of luck with turnovers, but Dallas does seem to uh, yeah. to create a lot of them. What do you think – now, what does that pay? Plus 950. That's nice. Let's just add in Pollard uh, over – Rush yards, like right around his 50-50 mark, and see what that does to us. Okay. So Don't you, th- I mean, I'm just... over 54 and a half. Yeah. Okay. Plus 1400. All right. And f- what's 54.5 and a half if if there was no other bet? If it was just by itself. Minus 115. Well, that doesn't do too much for us, does it? Yeah, I'm gonna say leave that out. Yeah, plus nine fifty. Let's have some fun. All right. A Saturday so, standalone game. Yeah. So this is just a little bonus. Don't overdo it. And again, I. Oh, that San Fran. When I look, oh, <laughs> anything else? Something you want to make it official? That's it. Yeah, else? Dallas team total over 29 and a half will be my two weight. Next up, Baltimore, Miami. This one's three and a half for Baltimore at home. And Scott, you've got your two weight on the Miami Dolphins plus three and a half. I feel actually pretty strong about this. Uh, I, I, I might, I, might wait. I might have waited a little bit higher than a two weight. So it's like mm-hmm. a two weight plus, mm-hmm. if you want to say. And I looked at last week's game, and here's something we can all agree on: the 49ers and the Dolphins run very similar offenses. There's the Mike McDaniel factor, mm-hmm. obviously, but they also are two of the teams that use motion the most in mm-hmm. the NFL. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar offenses. Last week, the 49ers put up 429 yards of offense against the Baltimore Ravens. That's the third most in the entire league last week. If not for Brock Purdy throwing four interceptions, that game turns out pretty differently. They averaged 6.3 yards per play in that game, the 49ers did. The Ravens run a lot of man coverage, which is what the 49ers were able to expose last week. Now, again, They didn't expose it too much because Brock Purdy threw to that man coverage and got picked off four times. Okay, we've heard enough about the four. Four interceptions. Yes. (laughs) 
Uh, I know we're still bitter about the MVP odds here. But a little I, bit, a little bit. But, but I believe that Mike McDaniel and this Miami offense are going to do similar things to what the 49ers offense was capable of doing last week, which is putting up a ton of yards. But I trust Tua to not make the mistakes that Brock Purdy did last week. I think Miami That's a veiled reference at the interceptions. I I, I think <laughs> I, I think Miami is not just strong uh, as three and a half point dogs. I think they're live on the money line as well. Baltimore won a Super Bowl preview last week and this would be that let down spot even though you can't let down because you're still playing for the number 1 seed but Boy, a lot of talk about Lamar MVP, a lot of hyping up the Ravens as the Super Bowl favorites. This just seems like a fat and happy Ravens team after that win, and you cannot rest now when you welcome in the Miami Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to put up a ton of yardage, a ton of points, and I think they could come away with a win here very easily. Okay, so... I mean, kind of 101 uh, right now with Miami is their defense is better than people think. Since they got back Ramsey, it's trending in the right, really heavily in the right direction for Miami. Okay. I just wonder, Harbaugh, you know, you want to check Harbaugh after, let's think about this. What do we want to say? Let's say the line is they're either a dog, let's say they're a three-point favorite or worse. So... Greater than minus three, right? In the prior game. And let's say they won the game straight up. How do they do next week? Because I, part of me thinks Harbaugh is not going to, he's so fanatical, he, he doesn't let him get flat. But let's see. Because that's a typical flat spot, right? You just won yeah. a game as a field goal or less favorite or a dog. Now, as he's looking that up, and jump in when you got it. Mm-hmm. I think the thing about Baltimore that I saw a couple weeks ago that just I can't get out of my mind is how good they are early in the game. And if if we look at let's just say the uh, eight, the margin, the straight up margin at the half. All right, here's the top teams, and tell me if this doesn't just line up as the best teams in the league: Ravens, Cowboys, 49ers. This is in order. Dolphins. Lions, Chiefs, Bills. Now, the Raiders are high here. Raiders, Vikings, Browns. Sounds like a who's who, right? Yeah. Now, who's the teams out of that range? Well, the Rams are like 14 or something. And then uh, as we go down, the Eagles are actually like 17. And that's one thing that has me like really down on the Eagles. But let's look at the bottom of this list. This is from number 32. Giants, Washington. Panthers, Jets, Patriots. Sounds like the worst teams, doesn't it? Then you got the Steelers, okay? Bengals, Cardinals, Seahawks, Saints, Falcons. So generally this looks like it's a surrogate for the whole game, but the Ravens here are number one, but they're 8.4 points a game. Cowboys are second, 7.2. 49ers are third, 6.1. And Dolphins are fourth at 5.4. You might say fourth versus one. What's the different? It's like three points of difference. It's almost double. So I do think in general the Ravens are just, and maybe now everyone thinks they're really good, but I, I think the last couple of weeks it's been like this team's better than we. And, and then you add in how they've been leading every game at the eight-minute mark or some variation of that. It, a couple of bad decisions at the end of games or whatever, bad luck, 
Ravens would be considered an all-time team right now. I mean, if they were undefeated, what would we and they just beat the 49ers like that, what would we be thinking? One of the best teams of all time? Yeah. And they they very well could be. So I guess as much as I like Miami here, I think the only thing I can hope for if I'm on Miami is a letdown from because if mm-hmm. both teams play their best, I like Baltimore even laying three and a half. So I, you wanted that previous line yeah, to yeah. be what three to be minus three? So minus three or great or not greater, but um, greater than sign in the database, mm-hmm. because, meaning that they're not favored by more than three or they're either a dog or favored by one, two or three. You know, AJ, should I give? I got something for Scott that's going to make his pick look so smart. You think I should give it to him? I think you might as well. Just for the audience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, John Harbaugh. After his third year, he lost a little intensity. I would say so from 2011 on. And we can say, you know, maybe we're cherry picking. I don't know. I think coaches evolve, and I think this is a spot in which we've got a team. And what we said was in this trend, we said. Okay, last game, they were not more than a three-point favor. So they maybe were favored by three, two, or one, or they were dogs. So it was a tight, close game where they're supposed to lose, and then they win. Now, how do they do the next week? And then we think, well, wait a minute. If they're a dog again, they're going to be focused. All right, let's say they're two-and-a-half-point favorites or more the next week. So they're off a win in a tight, in a contested game, and now they're not, or they're a bigger favorite. Right, a big favorite or a favorite, we'll just say yeah. pretty much two and a half or more, and then we go from 2011 on because the first couple of years you're more intense. Six and 29 against the spread, six winners, 29 losers, almost four points a game. It's a little cherry picked, you know, the the idea of 2011 on, but boy, that's strong. I know in general, Lamar, when he's a favorite of more than a field goal, has struggled. So in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, I looked at Harbaugh since 2018 with Lamar. And I know he was injured oh, a couple a of these point. times, yeah, yeah, yeah. but three and 15 ATS in this role. Wow, I like that. So you know, I think let me see something here. And again, that's clarifying. They so they won last week as you know three points or, or less, and now they're favored by three points or more. Right, so last week they were a no more than a three-point favorite yep, or, or a, a dog, dog and yeah. they won. And then this week they're a three-point or greater favorite, 3-15 and 15, since Lamar came into the league. I think that one is even better because mm-hmm. it's obviously the later hardball, but it also has you know Lamar's influence. Yep. The MVP. <clears throat> <laughs> you know. The audience can see the air quotes. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, the thing about this is it's almost like if you're Purdy, it doesn't matter that your stats are better for the year. It's like you can't ever show you're not something. And then for the favored person, you can you only need to show it occasionally. If you show it sometimes, it's fine. But with Purdy, if you ever not show it, it's a problem. Yeah. Why is that, AJ? I don't know. I said this. It was very much like the Heisman game, uh, the Pac-12 championship. Bo Nix was going to win the Heisman. All he had to do was win this game. He loses, and all of a sudden, he has no chance to win the Heisman because Jaden Daniels didn't play a game. He's just hanging out by himself and yep, he won could, the Heisman. He could have been, who knows, he could have been prank calling like could have been. janitors. Probably. <laughs> just to harass him. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying he did. He Maybe he didn't like all the keys the custodian had <laughs> or something. I, uh, I, I lean to Baltimore here, and I... I 
I don't know that I like it at three and a half. I I bet Baltimore. Well, that's the at, line. That's I bet Baltimore line. at three. Oh, I, oh. So so this is his chance. So what? What? I think that's ten dollars goes in the pot. Okay. I mean, did, did all that? Did all that lead up to just you saying that? Well, I, no, you interrupted me, so I didn't get to finish what I was saying. Oh no, you said what, what you led with about your great bet. No, I said I, that's why I said it's a lean at this point. You know, if you keep that up, AJ. <laughs> Oh, shoot. I had the drop lined up with, uh, remember from Fast and the Furious when he goes, he's a janitor at a high school. Now. <laughs> takes, takes the bus to work. Go ahead. My thought, like, I, I kind of disagree with what Scott's saying about the spot. Like, I feel like these two teams are in similar situations. They both played well-respected NFC teams a week ago. Both beat them. They play each other this week, and the next week they play a big division well, one was One was a favorite. One was a six-point dog who made a point of talking about how disrespected they felt being a dog. Well, one was on the road and one was at That's home. That's fine, but what I'm saying is that the size of the win is different. Miami was supposed to win, they won. Okay. And they, and they played a tight game and they were lucky to win. Well, I don't know about lucky, but it was a 50-50 game. Uh, if they don't hit that field goal at the end of the game. They lose. Right. What's this line? You know, I, I, I think that's old talk. I, I think if they don't hit this field goal, the line might be three because it'd be Miami. Well, I guess if it eliminates Miami from winning, I guess if they lose, does that make it where they couldn't win the— No, because if Baltimore loses two and Miami wins two, then— Yeah, but I think it would the motivation would be affected. But but I don't think there's much, oh, Miami's better because they won. I think it's they, they're in a spot to now still be the number one seed. Did, I, how much of an upgrade did we give Baltimore off of last week? Oh, God. I mean, number one in the league now. I would say two points. You think they're the best team in the league now? I think after last week, the consensus is to upgrade them above the 49ers. I agree with that. I don't believe it. I still think the 49ers are the best team. The Super Bowl odds don't show that because the path is a lot harder than the AFC. My thought is, I, and I was on Baltimore last week against the 49ers. Well, that's good. You got, I, that mentioned your win. I said, well, l- listen, what am I to do? Mention my loss? <laughs> like my one loss in the last two weeks? Oh, Who's got time for that? Damn. But damn. The, my reasoning was, if the 49ers are the best team, mm-hmm. there's no way that the gap between them and the next best team is is four and a half points. Like it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense that it could be that wide between them and the if because I thought the Ravens were the second best team. Okay. So four and a half even on the road just felt like it's just it's too much. All right. But where what do you like, think the line would be right now if they if they had a game in San Francisco next week? I think it would be San Francisco minus two and a half. Okay. So that would be a four point adjustment through three. So where's that coming from? That's I mean is it two points each? I mean, that would have to be the Yeah, I guess four. so, yeah. So so if the Ravens have been upgraded two points, what, what did we upgrade the Dolphins last week? I mean, I think the Dolphins is probably, I think you could upgrade them a half just by the fact that they won against a good team and it kind of got a monkey off their back. You know, the whole who they beat? Well, they beat the Cowboys, top five team. So I think that helps, but I think the way the game played was pretty much as expected. I mean, the line was one and a half, yeah, or whatever, yep. or two in some spots, yeah. and it was two. And then now they unlikely to have Jalen Waddle this week. You you agree with that? Well, we don't know. Mike McDaniel seems optimistic. 
It okay. seems like those receivers are often on the injury reports. Mm-hmm. And Guys with like, high ankle sprains, uh, unless they're Trevor Lawrence, rarely play the next one, especially receivers. Or Patrick Mahomes. But receivers are different. But uh, who knows the way they report those now? Because yeah. it, I've never seen a high ankle sprain. And I wouldn't put it past Mike McDaniel to be uh, yeah. finagling with the injury But if it here. if it is what is on the report, then odds are against mm-hmm. him playing. Although I will caution you about right. fading me while we're talking about wins here, AJ. This is my two-weight. And I'm 12 and four this year on That's two. That's true. Uh, but if it's listen. a three, yeah. <laughs> all right. No, but I think you make an intro. I mean, I think the Waddle point has to be mentioned. So I think that's a good point. Um, and but I guess the question is: is what if we assume two points for Baltimore has a good home? So let's say two points if these were even teams. Now getting up through three is 40 cents, 45. Two and a half. Yeah, let's call it 45 cents. So that's saying if we say seven cents is the normal half point weight, you know, we're looking at seven times seven, you know, six. We're looking at three points. I mean, really, this line is saying that if we had a pure power ranking, Baltimore is three points better than Miami. That seems a little high to me. So what does Waddle get? A half a point? Yeah. So... I mean, right now, if it was a neutral field, what would you make the line? Ravens two and a half. Okay. Well, that's given too much. I think I so Ravens two and a, then then three and a half. I think is still a good bet. I don't. I mean, it, home field's not worth forty cents from a neutral, okay. right? So even forty degrees for a, a team from Miami. I don't know. I guess we've seen. I mean. I guess it just sticks in my head the way Miami played up at Buffalo last year was pretty strong, and it was a bad – but that's one game, right? So I don't know. I don't love it, but this does feel like it's my weakness of character. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, but I mean, like, this is a ballsy play, Miami. And they could lose by 21, and it looked ridiculous. And obviously we got to mention, you know, they haven't really played – I mean, let's be candid. The Kansas City close loss – doesn't look as good in hindsight. Now we're looking at Dallas on the road. And remember, Dallas, I mean, you know, it's convenient I get to use this stat because it didn't apply directly. You know, them going back home, everyone knows that's an advantage to them. But what people don't know as much is Dallas on the road is two different teams. Mm -hmm. It's a, a team that plays on grass or on turf. So if you look at them on... Dallas on the road on turf actually wins by 11.4 points a game, which is kind of crazy. Right? They score 25.7, the opponent 14.3. On grass, 22.7 they score. So a little less, but not much less. But they give up 26 points a game. Now this is from 2021 on, so three seasons. McCarthy's time, right? Which makes sense to me. So literally, they're eleven, they're fourteen points better. And let's think about this. On turf, they score three more, and they give up eleven less. <laughs> I mean, it's fourteen points better on gr- turf than grass. Miami, they just played on grass. Yeah. So I mean, it's a nice win. But it's, uh, I don't know, right? So Miami, what's their best win? A, a Dallas team that loses, you know, by three points against average teams on the road on grass versus what? The Kansas City close loss? 
I don't know. And the two road games they played against teams with winning records, they got blown out in both of them. I know you like to talk about that. You like to talk about that. All right. So, you know, it's pushed me away. I had a pretty strong lean to Miami. I'm now going to neutral. Florida's going back to neutral. All right. You make it official? Yep. Let's make it official. That is Scott's two weight. 12 and 4. 12 and, that's Scott's 12 and 4 two weight. The Miami Dolphins plus three and a half. And listen, now that he's turned heel with all his, his uh, bragging, I don't think you need to do it. You need to become even more humble, Scott. And it will look better in contrast. <laughs> uh, I could talk about my losses. You got 10 seconds? <laughs> Game 11. <laughs> San Fran, Washington. San Fran, favored by 12 and a half. But I have a derivative bet. It's my one weight. It's over, over San Francisco's team total. 30 and a half. 30 and a half. This is a pretty simple handicap. San Fran's looking to come back. They're looking to exercise. Is that how you say it? An exercise. Yeah. yeah. They're demons from last loss. But there's also about a decade old demon, if I recall, is the Shanahan's hate the Washington formerly Redskins organization. Now, you could say Dan Snyder's out of there, maybe. I don't think it matters. That Remember, all those young coaches that were part of the, the, the play callers and all that stuff, grew, uh, with, with uh, young Gruden there, you know, obviously McVay, obviously Shanahan, Shanahan's dad. And a couple years ago, they played Washington, and I laid like nine and a half because that was the thinking. And they won like nine nothing because it was a hail. It was like the worst rain ever. <laughs> but I think that if it's late, it, to me, all these little motive, these lines are generally right. So all the little motivational edges you can hope for, you're just hoping that if it's like tw- down twenty four, or not down twenty four, twenty four points in the books, and they got the ball with four minutes left on the Washington twenty. Right? How often is that going to happen? Sometimes. You hope they score there instead of run the ball three times because they want to maybe put a little extra licking on them. Now, obviously, their line's high for a couple reasons. Washington might have the worst defense in the league. Especially since trading away those pass rushers. It's been a disaster. And they fired the D.C. and Riverboat Ron. or It's gotten worse somehow. Some now say Rowboat Ron. <laughs> it's gotten worse. And especially he's behind technically, you know, X's and O's wise. Well, if there's anyone not to be behind with, it's Shanahan, right? So to me, this is a one-way, but it's all about the 49ers' motivation. Now, the reason I'm not looking to go— um, To play the spread. The, yeah, is I actually think Brissett is better. You know, So I wouldn't have a problem with going over Washington either— you know, over the whole game, I mean, I'm sorry, but it, I do think the San Fran D might be especially tenacious because they got run up on so much. Well, I was gonna say I, I like that you picked a team total here instead of instead of laying the twelve and a half mm-hmm. because if there's any any unit that I'm down on after last week, it's the 49ers defense. Mm-hmm. The 49ers offense, I still feel pretty damn good about, like, even against that Ravens team. They they look. I mean, Scott mentioned it. They put up some big numbers. Uh, but the defense is getting to the point where maybe we should worry about it a little bit. It's not as good as it was at well, the beginning why? of I the mean, season. Like, what's the numbers to back that up? Uh, Other uh, than that, last week they had a bad game. Uh, it's not just last week. Well, that's what I'm asking. Give us some numbers. I'll pull up the last several games. Uh, well, you're not just going to read scores, are you? Well, I'm going to. I'll tell you the 
Arizona Cardinals put up 29 points on them. Yeah, I mean, is that not worrisome? I think when you win games by two touchdowns, to some degree they become shootout. I mean, it, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I look at that. I mean, what I'd be interested in, and I'll do it as we're talking, I'm interested in maybe their EPA outside of garbage time. Because to me, gar- you know, if we set garbage time at 4%, let's say, so it's 96 and above for any team, and then we say San Fran, uh, we're looking at their D, right? And let's say how many weeks you want to go back? You want Hey, you cherry pick it. Let's let's do the last uh, five games. Just tell me what week you want me to start. Uh, week twelve. All right. So week twelve on, and you know what we'll do? We'll just remove the Ravens game from it because I mean we don't want to let that obscure thing, right? So it's uh, <laughs> why re- remove. Well, the... we know we know that was bad, right? That's the easy okay. part. All right. So we got 12, 13, 14, 15. We got four weeks, not counting the Ravens. Uh, you continue. I'll tell you when it's ready. But we're taking out garbage time. Okay. Uh, but I mean, you mentioned. It, it, my thought is that I would rather play the the 49ers offense than have to trust their defense, just because I I, I still believe this 49ers offense is by far the best in the league. So. I, and again, you mentioned the commander's defense being so poor. I think that continues. And I think they've, they've got a bad taste in their mouth. I, I think you're right. They want to get right here. Because, I mean, this is what gets interesting is you can say, okay, if you're anti um, or if you're questioning San Fran's defense, you can go over for the whole game. The question is, do you think there's an edge there or not? And if you don't, I like to isolate my edges if I can. Um all that said, when you go with team totals and then over-unders for certain – or team totals, which are over-unders for teams, it's kind of like playing a shell – not a shell game. It's almost like you got these levers and you're like, okay, I like this the most, but I like this a little bit. Now you can start blending bets, right? You could say, give me the team total for a unit and then give me the game for half a unit. Or, hey, get – I'm not. I'm actually optimistic about the defense. I'm going to go uh, San Fran on the side minus twelve. It's like to me now that we have these team totals, you can kind of say how in each of the quartiles mm-hmm. of the handicap: offense, defense, offense, defense. There's four matchups. Which one do you feel most confident yeah. in? You can isolate those. So I had some fun with the database. All right. And I went back to you know to 2012 and and current. Uh, so since 2012, if you are a winning team of a 700 winning percentage or greater, mm-hmm. which the 49ers are, and you lost your previous game, and now you are a double-digit favorite, okay. how do you do? I'm well, thinking good. They're 19-13 ATS, but their average points scored 29. Ooh. So nice. now I decided, well, what if – they got blown out in their last game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they got to bounce back. So you lost by two touchdowns so or more. You, when you say they, we're talking about that team, not that the team, 49ers. That winning team, that winning team like the 49ers are, with the 700 or greater winning percentage, that is a double-digit favorite coming off of a loss by two touchdowns or more. 5-0 and ATS, those teams average 31.6 points per game. Ooh, I like that. Now, what I'm interested in, so give us the, give us the details one more time. So you're a winning team of a 700 winning percentage or greater. Right. 49ers have a 733 winning percentage. Okay. And you lost your previous game, uh-huh. and now you're a double-digit favorite okay. this week. 
those teams are averaging 29 points per and game. And how many teams fall into that category? Right now, it's 19, 13, and 1 ATS. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Do the week breakdown. Because I'm, I'm thinking that you at least want to be week five or later because it's, you know, if you're three and one, you're 75%, and that doesn't feel legitimate to me. I want it to be, I'm thinking week So if, it, if you go beyond week five, 17, 13, and one ATS. So it actually gets worse a little bit. From 19 to 17, that much? Averaging 28.8 points per okay. game. Okay. That's interesting. Because whenever you do win percentages mm-hmm. on in a database, always, you know, if you say 95 plus percent, well, in week two, there's going to be a lot of one and That's a good teams, point. Right? So, so uh, how about I'll take it to week 10 or greater, 13, 9, and 1 ATS, averaging 29.3 okay. points per game. So, what we're saying is, regardless of the period, that team tends to be focused. The offense, they're the better team, so they can score. It's a bounce back performance by the offense. I'll for take sure. it. I'll take it. Anything else, AJ? Nope. Got any contradictions? Anything? Nope. I mean, you're winning. I, I mean, you're I, winning. I was telling you I liked the the angle you chose on this, and you got mad at me about I'm it. I'm not mad. I just I'm just <laughs> noticing. Have you ever heard of a heel turn? Yes. I just I mean I feel it. I'm not making a big deal about it, but I I feel it in my heart. By the way, I watched that Von Erich movie. Was it good? It's oh good. man, I want to see it. Don't spoil it. It's good. Comparatively speaking, you are like a grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. Yeah, and I am the entire desert. A.J. Hoffman, 2023. Not that you can spoil a true story. I mean, we all know what happened, but anyway. So uh, to, to make that one official, R.J.'s one weight, San Francisco's team total over 30 and a half. Next up. Oh, wait. A.J. made a late change off of something I said. Hmm. Next up, Pittsburgh. What? I mean, come on. Pittsburgh, Seattle. Seattle favored by three and a half. What do you got? I'm going to go under 41 and a half here. And Check that line. I've looked. <laughs> th- three books have 41 and a half, so I, including Westgate. So I feel good about it. But I, I think that there's maybe going to be an overreaction to what we saw out of Rudolph last week. And people think, oh, well, this is the norm. First of all, the Bengals defensively are just terrible. And you can't attack Seattle the same way that he attacked the Bengals, basically throw into the outside. That's where Seattle's strong is on the outside with the corners. You want to you want to attack the middle of the field with Seattle, and Rudolph didn't do any of that last week. I don't think he does it this week, and I think the reason is simple. They said, "Hey Mason, don't turn the football over. Mitch is going to Mitch is killing us with these turnovers. You don't turn the football over. You can keep playing." Seattle's 25th in <laughs> keep playing in 25th in pass blocking, and they're going up against an elite Steelers pass rush. I, I just think it, this is going to be an ugly, grimy game. Uh, Seattle's not been able to to run the ball since Kenneth Walker got hurt. Even since he's been back, it's been down. They've not gone over 100 yards rushing as a team since Kenneth Walker got injured. After going over 105 of the first nine games this season. And the Steelers been much better against the pass and the run all year. But since Hayward came back, they've just had one game where they've allowed over four yards per carry. I worry about Rudolph going onto the road into a, a tough road environment in Seattle. I think that this is going to be an ugly, ugly game. 41 and a half is not a high number, but I, I think this I think the first to 20 wins this game. Steelers have gone under the second half total. 12 of 15 games this year. Wow. RJ, you have a feel for this being the Steelers guy? You you expect uh, offensive fireworks? No. Well, first thing, just to kind of put a button on that San Francisco talk, um, it's interesting. I can see how you got this wrong. 
if you look at the defense without garbage time, San Fran's the eighth best D since in week 12, 13, 14, 15. Pretty damn good. The only D's better, uh, Miami, Chicago, Atlanta, New England, Minnesota, Carolina, Denver. Okay. I like all those because I bet a few of them. Then San Fran. Then the Browns are behind them. The Browns. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take out garbage time and say, yeah, screw it. Just keep it all in there. You know, meaning forget garbage time. They were 15th. Okay. So, I mean, you know, when you're ahead a lot, a lot, it, your intensity probably isn't there as much. Now, shifting to Pittsburgh. On one hand, this is Tomlin. And, it, you know, now that people have come around, it's going to remember their defense was decimated at safety. And the fact that they were able to somehow put together a great performance, I'm impressed. I'm happy. Tomlin only needs one win of the last two now <laughs> to, to, to continue not having any losing seasons. Um, remember, they got Baltimore next week, so this is the week. Okay, maybe. Seattle has been amazing in their comeback. I mean, they've been in spot. If you look at their worst spot in the fourth quarter for a while now, it, it's shocking that they – I mean, if you said from this point on, what's the chance of them winning? They were in some bad spots. They've won and won. I think that I think a team gets fatigued from that. And remember, the week before that, it was Dallas, yeah. right? So they've had some some block. I mean, some barn burners. I'm not sure if they're going to be a little tired. If anything, if that's tired, they're going to want to shorten the game. And 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 I think Pittsburgh. You know, to be candid, I I I tend to lean under. Just because I do think that Rudolph, though he wasn't horrible, Bill Simmons makes the point. If you look at his stat line, the year he was in it for Big Ben, it wasn't horrible. Now, what's interesting is the first game he started was game three that year against San Francisco. Or I guess against San Francisco, not against Seattle. But they were favor. I was thinking the West. But um, this is, I think, I guess I'm of two minds. On one hand, it sounds like it. On one hand, I think Rudolph's going to do better than we would have expected based before last week, but I think worse than he seemed last week because I think that was a shockingly good performance for him. I, I guess I like under. I okay. live. All right. You got anything on this game? Just the second half stats that you know, are staggering here for the Steelers not scoring, which is good for your under. Yeah. I uh, mean, from from a, a spread standpoint, Steelers are four and zero ATS when catching three or more this season. And they won all four of those games outright, which is good news if you uh, if you think Mike Tomlin gets that that ninth win this week. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could see Seattle just being. I mean, you know what's funny? I almost it'd be interesting to look at a uh, in game or same game in which Pittsburgh covers like nine and a half because I I do think if Seattle gets behind and in trouble, they, it might just be a give up situation because I think they're just beat to hell. You can't have those high intensity endings game after game after game. What's wild is this is a game that. Almost no one like. There's not a lot of buzz about this game, but I mean, this this game has massive playoff implications for both teams. Yeah, but you know what I've seen since they went to seven is if the team doesn't have a chance to really go deep, no one cares. That's what it seems like. Yeah, I mean, because nobody sh- thinks of these two teams as teams who can win at least. It certainly can't win multiple playoff. I mean, games. think about the uh, Chicago when the last year they had before the coaching change, and it was like they made the playoffs two out of three years. But people were acting like the Bears were the worst team ever. And what's that coach's name? He's at KC now. I'm having that. Matt Nagy. Yeah. 
Nagy was like the worst guy ever, but they made the play. But it was like, oh, made it as nine and eight. It's like, well, then what's the point of having that playoff berth if it doesn't mean anything? Yeah. Or even Pittsburgh, what? It was last year, right? They made yeah. the, Or it was the year before they made the playoffs. Well, Big Ben's last year they made it. And they didn't make it last year, but they he got a nine wins. You're right. Yeah. So, I mean... But it was like, remember, Pittsburgh went to Kansas City for Big Ben's last game, and it was like, God, do they they have to go? That was the talk. It's like, come on. I think the NFL made a mistake with the the seventh playoff team. I really do. Because you thought, I mean, people thought it would add more interest late in the season, but instead it's just like, eh, the the seventh team's not going to win anything. Plus, it makes the bye that one, like the number one C by itself was a contest, and then a bye was a contest. It was two different contests. Now it's one. Yeah, and if you have a dominant team, it can be over with two or three weeks to go. No, I agree, and I I think having that home field and having a bye is too much of an advantage, especially because there's going to be a year where the one and two seed have the same record, yep. and it's going to be on some silly tiebreaker, and and that's going to I mean it could basically decide who wins the AFC championship. Doesn't seem right to me. The money always wins. Money AJ. wins. Money wins. You're right. All right, so, so can, to, can I keep normal order now? Oh, you go. Yep, to, just to lock that in, my one weight under 41.5 Pittsburgh and Seattle. Do you need any other accommodations? No other accommodations. Next up, Cincy, Kansas City. Kansas City favored by seven, and it looks like Scott has a total on the game. Yeah, I'm going under 44.5, and it's a simple handicap for me. The Chiefs have gone under in seven of their eight home games this season. Patrick Mahomes in his career – 35 22 and 1 to the under at Arrowhead 15 and 3 to the under at Arrowhead in the last two seasons the most profitable under team at home in the NFL in that span Big Lou Sweet Lou whatever you want to call him very familiar with the Chiefs they they play each other a lot over this the past couple of years right Huh? This is Burrow This is Burrowhead Big big Sweet Lou Big Lou whatever you want to call him very familiar with the Chiefs and Frankly, the Chiefs' offense is broken. We talk about this every week. AJ, you and I broke this down on SOV. Like, maybe letting enemy go was not the uh, oh, right Oh, come move. on. Come on. You think it's that? What's the difference? Washington. What's the difference? Oh, I don't care. Well, well obviously, you need uh, the to The difference have- is Kelsey's, like, uh, like almost ready for his AARP. That's, that's true. Time. But also— It seems I mean, like a big difference. But for everything we said, I mean, they did fine without— Tyreek Hill last year, so it's not like taking Tyreek has changed this well, offense remember dramatically. That Schuster was yeah, Juju, very important. Man, they, they, they just thought that they could get by with anybody, and turns out Kadarius Tony. Well, they just won a Super Bowl. Yes, right. right. So, but this year, the offense is not good. I agree. And and now I have Lou, who knows how to defend this offense, going right. up against a bad offense, and the Chiefs' defense, which has been very, very good, going up against Jake Browning. I think this all points to the under. All the trends with the Chiefs at home isn't under. We're going to have a low-scoring game here in Arrowhead. I, I, I like I like this. Uh, I like that the the way to beat the Chiefs defensively is to run the ball on them. The Chiefs' run defense is meh. Pass defense is phenomenal, but the run defense has been bad. Well, not bad. It's been average. The Bengals' second lowest percentage of run plays in the league, even last week, Mixon only got 11 carries, even without Jamar Chase on the field. So they're like, oh, your best pass receiver is out. You're going to run the ball more, right? No. He's well, 11 they were down carries. a lot of the game. They weren't down right at the beginning, though. They, well, I mean, they, they could have kept a neutral no game one's down right for a at the while. Begin- no one's down at the beginning. They had some time with a neutral game script, and they decided, oh, we're just not going to run the well, football. let's be candid. Brown. I mean, the question you got to ask yourself is, is, is Browning the Browning we've seen except for the Steelers? 
because except for the Steelers, he's been outstanding. Right against Pittsburgh, it's bookending now. Uh, his first start and his last start, it's not good. So, is that something Pittsburgh's doing? Can Casey emulate it? Why didn't the other teams emulate well, it? Well, with more tape on a backup, you're going to expose them. Yeah, I, th- I think we've seen it several times. We saw it with Josh Dobbs. We yeah, saw it with Tommy I disagree. DeVito. I disagree because if it's the first, here's the thing. I agree with what you're saying. Limited quarterbacks, their limitations become more evident and they're more beatable. As time passes. Agreed. But I think there's another trend here. He did poorly with no tape hardly against Pittsburgh. Then he does poorly again against Pittsburgh. One of them was his first start. One's his last start. Do we know it's the number of starts or maybe it's something with Pittsburgh? I mean, it certainly could be something with Pittsburgh, but I I just think we've seen these backup quarterbacks yeah. come in and a bunch of them have a good game. And, or but it's two. not a good game. And number two, the st- the, the film guys – Talk about Browning is not limited. Like, like in a way, I can't judge. I know you guys are couch, or AJ, you especially, a couch scout. You can scout from the couch. I don't know why the real scouts even go to the games or watch the All-22. Just watch the TV. I don't know. But what I know is these guys that are scouts, or at least they film, film guys, they talk about certain quarterbacks differently. Like, for example... They, they're still skeptical of Purdy, most of these guys. That's what's interesting to me. Mm. Um, but they are not particularly – like you know, Mike White was someone they weren't skeptical of. They said Mike White has a, the talent to be an NFL starter. Now, will he be? I don't know. Maybe. But he hasn't been yet, right? But Browning falls in that category. He's getting a lot of, like, this guy could be a real starter. You know who that sounds like last year? Who? Davis Mills. Tape guys loved Davis Mills. And well, it turns out it Davis la- Mills last sucks. Year? Yeah. I think Davis Mills is an elite backup. I don't think he's an elite backup. I don't really? know. Uh, if he was an elite backup, they wouldn't have started Case Keenum over him. Well, Case Keenum is a hell of a, I mean, the Case Keenum was like a, the thirtieth best quarterback, like two years. I mean, remember who when when Tua was injured and they were worried about Tua's injuries. Who'd they bring into Miami at a premium? Keenum, right now he didn't play well there. So maybe you know maybe drop. But anyway, if 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 this is about Browning, I th- in fact I don't think it can be about anything but Browning. Meaning if Browning is as good as he showed in those other games, I think since he's a great bet. Here, I mean, getting away from the total for a second. Mm-hmm. If he's what he showed in the Pittsburgh game, if he if, if he turned into a pumpkin, that makes your bet even better. And you know, I think KC is going to look to run it up. Let's just say this: if they're mad at any team, it's Cincinnati. Sure, right? I mean, the Burrowhead thing, sure. whatever. Now, and also, if they need a get-right game, like no time since Mahomes has been there. I mean, Mahomes had his worst game last week. So I kind of like this play more. So 44 and a half. Boy, I do like that. They're 10 and 5 to the under this year, minus 6.83 points on the total margin. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because Big Lou does do well against, I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't have his safeties this year, but he does do well against KC. I mean, like by a margin better than most other teams. So after a loss this season, they're three and two to the under, which is not like great, but minus eight point seven points to the total, the Chiefs this year after a loss. Okay. So every the line seems to be inflated of the total, thinking that they're gonna score a lot of points bouncing back after a loss. Or intensity comes to the defensive side. And there you have it.
Yeah. Well, and they still think they can make the playoffs. Who? The Kansas Bengals. City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they can. Yeah. You're acting like they got the wrong information. I mean, it, it would... someone should let them know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let them know, AJ. They don't even need to go to Kansas City. Just call it in. Phone it in. All right, Mr. AJ, Mr. What do you think of his change of attitude, Scott? I'm just saying, like, his heel turn, as they say. I think the crowd welcomes it. Really? Yeah, because everyone wants somebody to root against. Guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot-dogging in? You, man. You like being the heel? It's not bad. <laughs> all right, heel, check this out. <laughs> so, Browning's games against non-Pittsburgh teams, 13, 14, and 15. Offensive um, EPA, number one, San Francisco. Number two, the Cincinnati Bengals. Impressive. So, what do you say about that? Pretty good. It's, it's very good, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking he's right. Kansas City has intense defense. I'm thinking Cincinnati's defense with Big Lou does fine. And I'm thinking Casey tries really hard, and then all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter and it's a close game. And I'm looking to play a same-game parlay with Cincy winning the game under the total. Wow. And a couple other things, accoutrements. Okay. What do you think of that? It's ballsy. Mm-hmm. That's me. Seven-point dog winning out, right? All right. That's the way I roll. Doesn't it feel like this, though, is, is kind of the time like when everybody's saying, oh, the Chiefs are no good anymore. Then why are they and laying they, seven? And then they win the Super Bowl. <laughs> why are they laying seven? Uh, to a backup quarterback? To the... I don't know, the second-best quarterback in the league during a three-week span? <laughs> now, I'm telling you, you're wrong about Browning. I think he will be a kind of guy that sits there and is a borderline. I mean, he'll be like— um, Gardner like Minshew. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I was going to say Tyrod Taylor, but he's not as— Yeah, I think Minshew. That's probably fair. Well, if, if Minshew's there, if Minshew's quarterback for Cincinnati, you think they're getting seven? I, may, On I mean, reputation I, alone, no. Yeah. And, and and I think reputation is what you want to bet against, yep. right? And I think KC, what has KC done to have them lay seven against a team Nothing. that was just favored against the Steelers by what? How many points was it? Three and a half? When Eleven seven? and a half. Oh, you mean uh, the Bengals? Or yeah. The Bengals were favored against the Steelers by uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, they were minus two and a half. In two Pittsburgh. Half. Yep. Yeah. I mean, think about that a second. So that means that that is what? So uh, two points for home, four and a half points better, they're saying, on a neutral. So Pittsburgh would be 11 against Kansas City? With Mason Rudolph, I guess they're saying, yeah. I don't know. I think it was. I think it's one game burst the sense. It's back to the idea. You better if you don't. If you're not one of us, if we don't like what you're doing, you better not ever show any weakness. And if the other team mm-hmm. shows weakness, eh, it doesn't tell us anything. Yeah, that's what you always hear. All right, make it official. Uh, the my one weight, Cincinnati KC under. 44 and a half. All right. See, AJ was all worried about his streaks and everything, didn't I was. You? I was worried about my grandstanding and hot dog. <laughs> Next, I already crossed that one off. My bad. No worries. Next up, let's see here. Oh, it's a game you had a switch. You can give us what, just to kind of give a little extra back, we'll let you leave here. Tennessee, Houston, Houston, four and a half. Stroud expected to play, though not certain. And Fez has his three weight on this. Houston, Fez has... And you were going to go with Houston as a one-way. This was going to be my one-way. Yeah, I, I just think that Stroud not only gives them a boost 
on the field, but I think emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. I, and I generally don't love backing uh, these quarterbacks the week they come off of concussion protocol, but Stroud missing two weeks. It actually worries it, me more. Does it? See, it worries me a little bit less. It's unusual to be this long. So it had to be. They said he was having trouble with light even in the, during last week when usually he'd be back. See, if the fantasy sites have done a great job of researching injuries because it's yeah. so important. And they look and say, if a quarterback has a shoulder, what happens the week he comes back? What happens with concussions? Typically, this sounds stupid. They typically actually, after missing, they do better than they average do. Like, it's an improvement, which I don't see how that could be, but it is. This second week bothered. How, how long has it been? How many quarterbacks miss more than a week? 20. Uh, oh, not quarterbacks. 20 players have missed consecutive games due to a concussion this season. Okay. And how many players, do we know how many missed for concussions at all? No, overall. No, okay. I'm just looking at concussions. Do you have a li- is there a list of those? Okay. Not really I'm interested because in theory, you know, you need your brain the most as a yeah. quarterback. But again, the, some studies I saw said, so all I'm saying is can't you agree? If there's an injury that someone takes longer to come back from, doesn't it hint at that it might be more complex? Yes. And that, it makes me think back to Tua last season. When he when he missed multiple games with his mm-hmm. concussion, I, I I should go back and look at how he did in those games. Um, so it, it, yeah, it's certainly a concern, but I think when you look at the Texans, who have every reason to believe they can win the division, and the Titans, who are eliminated and played hard last week, still lost. I I, I think the Texans got overwhelmed by the Browns' defense. I, I don't think Tennessee can do that. Tennessee's best defensive players are all hurt or sold off at this point. I just think this is a good spot to buy back in on the Texans. Well, let's agree with the following. Is Vrabel doesn't give up. We know I that agree. much. I mean, that Miami win was a hell of a win. Yep. Um, I think that Stroud, if Stroud were certainly 100%, I'd probably like this. I think that's a question mark. Um I think the market's a the line's four and a half here. I think the market's a five and a half. Do I got that right? Uh, let me check. It's you know not huge. Di- I'm fi- figuring that's what's driving Fez here. Yeah, five, five and a half. Yeah. Okay. Don't give him a half point. <laughs> I mean, you can't get you have no chance. Um, what's your thoughts on this one, Scott? I think that if Stroud is capable of being what he was, then this is a no-brainer because the Texans they just beat the Titans with Case Keenum. A couple of weeks ago, pretty good that Keenum. Yeah, pretty good that Keenum. But if you get uh, if you get now CJ Stroud playing like he was pre concussion, I think it's a no brainer that the Texans roll in this game. Tennessee's gone under their team total in six of their seven road games this year. Not a good road team offensively. Mm-hmm. I accept that. I you know, I I I think I think Ryan's is a really good motivator, and I think that win uh, a couple weeks ago. With Keenum was just, I mean, if I remember right, they were losing that whole game, and Houston just came back at the very end. So I think I just like Houston as a dog a lot more. I mean, how many games have they been favored this year? I'll look that up. I mean, I know they lost against Carolina when they were, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I, it feels like a dog team, but the division's within reach. I mean, it's, I mean, Jacksonville's vulnerable, obviously. Yeah. So right now they're thirty four percent to make the playoffs. The mm-hmm. Texans mm-hmm. Um, to win the division right now. The Texans are fifteen percent with a win in this game. It improves to twenty three percent. 
So it's not exactly. Uh, can you do Jack? Can you do Jacksonville losing? Yeah, and by the all way, three the, team, they're all eight and seven. The, yeah, the, but the, the tiebreakers yeah. is what matters. So you want the you want the. I Texans. say Jacksonville loses, Houston wins. What happens then for the division? Okay, and don't t- say anything about the Colts. Thirty-eight percent Texans to win the division. Oh, it's not even that good. You got anything else? Uh, oh, we're looking at when they're yeah, favorite. when they're favorite. They're one four and one this season ATS against the spread minus seven point seven. Okay. Yeah, but you, hey, maybe that's why you made us change everything at the end. Maybe so. Maybe I figured out a, a reason to I, listen. I got to protect my record, RJ. Officially, that's <laughs> Fez's three way, and Houston is a one was a former one way, but he changed past posted us and changed it. Okay, last game. We'll make this quick. Oh, looks like Fez has. Green Bay, Minnesota, a one weight over 46 and a half. And you know why? Because the line's 47 at one place, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you don't show up, you get shit on. We know that. Now, the here's what I would say here. I like I actually like a little bit the Minnesota team total over, except the I mean I quarter- gonna play quarterback. Yeah. That's why I like it, I guess. Because I'll tell you this, this Green Bay defense is horrendous. I mean, like, they've had so many spots recently where you would think they have the advantage, and they're still giving up way too many points. Not only are they horrendous, Jair Alexander's suspended. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you hear what happened there? Yeah. He just wanders out to be, to be captain. It's his hometown, of course. And he figured it was like he didn't have to even ask. He knew no. he would be. And somehow he screws up. The, yeah. Like, you'd think he'd just walk out there and let the other people that usually call the coin toss do it. Well, you know the reason why they were saved is because— The referee. Is, is because what happens now is, I guess, in, in the wake of previous screw-ups yeah. by yeah. players, the, the officials meet with both head coaches before the game. And they tell the officials what they're going to do if they win the toss. So the official knew— that LaFleur in the pregame meeting told him, we're going to defer if we win. So when Alexander said, we want to play defense, he's like, you mean you want to defer? <laughs> yeah. So if that in pregame didn't meeting. He say, didn't he say, you sure? <laughs> he's like, you mean you, mean you want to defer? <laughs> I mean, you think he'd get that straight. Could you imagine if he was like, no. We want to play defense. <laughs> you heard me, Mother Abner. Yeah, yeah. Both halves. We want to play defense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you got a question, LaFleur. You know, Lombardi talks about there's good play callers and there's good coaches. I don't know. I mean, LaFleur couldn't handle whatever you want to say about Aaron Rodgers. They had to let a two time MVP of the last three years, you know, entering this year go over what? Now, listen, Rodgers is hard to handle. Yeah, I mean that song probably was built, you know. But that said, what's he done as a head coach? It impresses you. It certainly hasn't been deep runs in the playoffs. Nope. So maybe he's a, a great OC. Maybe. Uh, I think this this game might be the most important game of Jordan Love's career. No, no, he's back next year, no matter what. Well, uh, he's back next year, but if if they lose, chances are the Packers are probably going to look to draft his replacement. I disagree. Okay. I think first round quarterback, I'll say minus th- or plus three hundred at best. Okay. You 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 tempted? No. I mean, I just think he's shown enough. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, like a, two weeks ago, we were saying if you drafted the NFC, or I'm sorry, yeah, if you drafted the NFC now for your GM and everything's under consideration, the youth, everything, where's Jordan Love go in the draft? Does that go before him? I think so. 
All right, that's a close one, though. Yeah. All right. So, uh, um, obviously, Hurts? Hurts, Purdy, Dak. And I, I think the, the one that we were saying is a, a maybe is Jared Goff, based on age. Mm. But what I'm saying is if you've got the fifth best quarterback in a in a 16-team, do what do you do? Do you say let's draft his replacement? Especially one that's had less than a year. Now, I'm not saying next year if he's not, you know, mm-hmm. if he does a Trevor Lawrence and regresses, you know, but if he takes even one step forward, he now is clearly. And, and again, Dak, maybe, I think he had such a good year this year. But I, I think with Purdy, I mean, you got 20 games with Purdy. I mean, I think he's had an amazing year. I'd say he's still ahead, but I don't even know who else is in it. It's Golf is close. And who's next? I mean, you're getting to Geno Smith's. No chance. And Fields. Justin Fields. No chance. He won't even Jones. start. That. No chance. Yeah. I mean, so I don't. Bryce I'm, Young. Number Kyler one Murray. Oh, Kyler Murray's interesting. Ooh. With that contract, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, get him in Geno Smith's contract, maybe. But again, we have. what have we seen from Kyler since his knee injury? I mean, the 28th best offense? Yeah. I don't know. But what are you going to pay Jordan Love after next year? I think Jordan Love gets the Daniel Jones contract, if not better. So is Kyler, I think Murray's, probably, con- is Kyler I, I, Murray's contract going to look that bad at that point? I don't know. They talk so badly about that contract. I don't I don't understand all the ins and outs of it. I'll tell you this, though. I think he signs this offseason. They don't wait and have him with no contract because mm-hmm. he'd be a true free agent after next year. I think they sign him. They redo that contract, make it like three years where they have an out after two. And he is currently 10th in QBR this season. It's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Ahead of Tua. And he's certainly playing better in the second half of the year than the first half. Yeah, and it's funny because when we talked about that the first time, that drafting the NFC guys, the only reason it became a question is because the next game was a game that he played really poorly in. Mm -hmm. And he's he's been fine since then. Yeah. So. All right, so we good? I think we're good. All right. So, you know, with, with Fez sick, and again, remember, make sure you subscribe. Right when this is over, just stop and subscribe if you haven't. I, now, listen, I'm not saying like Santa Claus, we're going to know if you don't, but we're going to know when you say, oh, we missed it. We missed it. So some point from Thursday night through Saturday morning, we're going to record when Fez feels better. Because I went, listen, there's a lot of drama here. One of four teams in in uh, Survivor, in what tied for third in the millions. I mean, this is like the height of Vegas contest drama. We don't want you guys to miss it. So check back for that when Fez feels better. And I guess till then. All right, hold on. We didn't do our recap. Let's do it. AJ Hoffman. Uh, my five weight: the Buffalo Bills minus twelve. My four weight: the LA Rams minus four and a half. Three-weight, Atlanta Falcons plus three. Two-weight, Dallas team total over 29.5. And my one-weight, under 41.5, Pittsburgh and Seattle. Let me do Fez now. And okay. then we'll go to Scott. Do it in a Fez voice, I'm going to do it in a Fez voice. Uh, Five-weight, Saints. RJ's got a four. Five's better. Four. <laughs> ah, we'll forget the invitations now. <laughs> Denver, four-weight. So five-weight, Saints. Four-weight, this is for Fez. Denver. Three-weight, Houston. Two-weight, Rams, the Rams. The one-weight, over in the Green Bay game. Over for the whole game, Green Bay, Minnesota. That's Fez. Next up, Scott Side, 
What's your last name? Seidenberg. 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 <laughs> Same as yesterday. Uh, Denver. <laughs> Denver is my five weight, laying three against the Chargers. My four weight, Arizona, catching ten and a half against Philadelphia. My three weight, Carolina, plus the six and a half against Jacksonville. My two weight, Miami, plus three and a half against Baltimore. And my one weight is the under 44 and a half in the Chiefs Bengals game. That was, that was professional. Yeah. Do an RJ voice for this one. Yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> you ever watch? You probably didn't. It's a little hip. Do you ever watch? Um, it's called Home Movies. It was something on Adult Swim. No. It was about these little, uh, like eight-year-old kids. But it's a cartoon that they used to make their own movies. Okay. And Jason was this guy, like Orson Welles. He was like fat and was an artist, and that, like he would say things like "That's hackneyed" and stuff like that. It was hilarious. Well, there's a character on there called uh, two of them, Walter and Perry. And they talk like this. Hey, Walter. And he's like, hey, Perry. In fact, just look at Walter and Perry. It will come up. And they say the most dement. They're like somehow they're siblings, but they're not. And they say the most demented things. They'll say things like, yeah, come to our house. Yeah, it's fun at our house. We take baths together. Like stuff like that. Me too. Can we find a Walter, you know, we're not getting any younger. Oh, my God. Stop. I don't even say. You do? The answer is yes, Perry. Perry, yeah, you've made me the happiest person in the world. Me too. Oh, my God. I can't believe you're getting married. Oh, my God. Me too. Oh, my God. Perry. Perry, yeah? Don't ever leave me. I'm really nervous about this. Don't be. Why are you so scared? Because it's a big step, Perry. I think we're ready. Are we? Yeah. You know why? Because I can feel it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do a Walter and Perry imitation. <laughs> and that's how I'm going to read my picks. Okay. But I'll be Walter on the five, even yeah. number one. <laughs> I don't can't tell the difference. You found one of the more demented ones, actually. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> but the funny thing is it's only like maybe 20 seconds an episode. So it comes, it's like a little sprinkle. I'm surprised that this is something you watch. Anything that's high intellect and funny. That's high intellect. It is. Okay. If you listen to this show, it is brilliant. All right. There's a guy named Coach McGurk, (laughs) and he's heavy, set, fat as, you know. Uh And Brandon's the main character, and he starts getting fat, and Coach McGurk goes, hey, Brandon, welcome to the club. It's like, what club? The fat club. Because come on over, roll on. It just harasses him. Like the coach, like for 10 minutes, going, you know, things won't be the same from here, but you at least get to eat anything you want. You're like, stop. All right, here we go. RJ's picks from Walter. I'm just going to do Walter, no Perry. Okay. Unless you want to be Perry. No, I can't be Perry. Mm, Five, Denver. Four, Saints. That was pretty good, actually. It was. You got to say the number, though. You got to say what you're laying. No, 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 no. Well, I can't. My voice would like be damaged. All right, all right. Three, Carolina. Now you can say the Carolina plus six and a half. No, don't repeat Carolina. Oh, sorry, sorry. All right, try it from here. I'm going to do the two. Right, two over. Yeah, yeah, Raiders. Over forty-three and a half. Raiders. Colts. Okay, and finally, now you do this one, Walter. Mm, one. San Francisco team total over, whatever that means. 30 and a half. Goodbye. Be careful. Hey, 
Oh, no, no, no. I don't try to imitate Vez. You know what? We can't, we can't do it. We're just going to say goodbye. Say goodbye. Bye. Or not, not goodbye. See you later. Till we meet again. Till we meet again. Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Bye. Bye.